Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Greg Hill Show, live from JetBlue Park for Red Sox Spring Training. Getting you ready for the 2024 season. Now, here's Greg Hill, Courtney Cox, and Jermaine Wiggins on WEEI. again from the southwest florida home of the boston red sox and our second day of spring training on this show at jet blue park everybody survived yesterday and here we are again and good morning and hello and how, how is everybody a great day yesterday a lot of team bonding yes. i thought we had a great time yes. we went to lunch we went to dinner yeah okay. nobody showed up to the pool party but that's okay no i enjoyed myself <laughs> Well, I don't know. I I don't know if it was an official pool party or not. Okay. It was uh, it was on the itinerary that you created, but uh, um, I don't know if I I don't. I, Wiggy doesn't pay attention to anything that is on any kind of itinerary or anything like that at, at all. Yeah, I didn't I mean. see the pool party invite. Yeah, no, it was on the itinerary. I just yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I there were no incidents of, of any kind at Capitol Grill last night in Naples. Nope. nope, they didn't recognize you. So it seems like you're in the clear on that yeah. baby. A lovely experience. Yeah. As always, it seems like they've the forgiven Grill. whatever had, whatever happened in the past. The the Capitol Grill organization has forgiven you. Yes, yep. and I, and it was my first time at Twin Peaks. Uh, Gorgeous waitstaff. Uh huh. Yeah. Stunning. Everybody was lovely. Uh-huh. And so sweet. Yeah. Uh, the sweet tea wasn't that sweet. Nah, the sweet tea was trash. The, <laughs> that was no. Let, <laughs> let's let's listen. Let's let's. If we're gonna get into it, we're salad gonna, was good though. If we're gonna get into it, we're gonna get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis, maybe rightly so, is sometimes all over me for one time at the airport. Yep. Uh, asking if I could get my sauce unbroken on, on my pasta. Alfredo, yes. Yesterday, Wiggy orders sweet tea. Oh, man. And is less than pleased with the sweet tea that he gets I'm and creates, south. A, creates a virtual international uh, incident over it. Right. I'm That's in the a, south. I expect sweet tea to just be. Tremendous. Sweet, like what was the what was the issue with it? It wasn't. Uh, it's, sweet. Is it, is it, it was a, the same type of sweet tea I could have got in Massachusetts. Okay, isn't it iced tea with sugar? Isn't that what what sweet tea is? Yeah, it basically is. But okay. if you don't make it right, then it's just well. How how that's the iced tea? Was it not sweet enough for nah, you? Or? Hell no. And I, I was I was I was relatively shocked because usually once you get past like 
Virginia down, the sweet tea is relatively good in the South. So I expect huh. right, we're in Florida. It's going to be really good. Yeah, but, but Florida's not the South. I know right. it's weird. It is, but like it, the South, I consider Northern Florida and All the right. Panhandle. Okay. Whereas this is just sort of like. This is just where Bostonians go to watch baseball. Yeah, this is Massachusetts time. South. Right. This is uh, half of Florida right. is Mass Hole South. But yeah. I would say Wiggy was almost berating this lovely yeah, waitress he was. yesterday. Yeah, he was. No, yeah. I just was like, yeah. you know, I wasn't berating her. I was berating whoever made the sweet tea. That's yeah, fair. No, yeah. I mean, you know? it was an issue. So, uh, But anyway, uh, that was Courtney's first experience. And uh, I don't know if it'll be your last at Twin Peaks. But... I don't think so. I'd okay. love to go back. All right. Uh, everything okay? I notice you uh, looking through your purse. Are you all right? Uh, yes, yeah, okay. I just wanted to mention Ike, who came by and got us the beautiful dessert yesterday. Oh, uh, at Capitol Grill. Yes. Yeah. Ike, Papa Gapalopalopoulos uh, of Naples, Florida, uh, <laughs> yeah. came out to the Capitol Grill while we were eating dinner and... <laughs> And bought us uh, dessert, which I thought was an extraordinary yeah, effort. Very, very nice. Yeah. I left in my yeah. resume. So oh, you did? Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. I think like we all did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're leaving. He's like, call me yeah. if you want me to work yeah. for you. Yeah, if yeah. you want me to live here full time, I mean, you, you can't beat the weather. Like, well, I, l- listen, we will be out and about this evening, and we're going to do a pregame patio party tonight at Or and Iron in Naples from 5 until 7, mm-hmm. and they're throwing out. Uh, the light apps, and we look forward to if you're somebody who streams this show here in Southwest Florida, or you listen on the Odyssey app here in Florida, then we would love to hang out and see you tonight from five until seven. And so. Curtis, I can't believe waited till this morning to tell us that he ran in to the one and only Neil, super fan of the Greg Hill Show, who's been to every single one of our road shows, and he came all the way to South Florida. But maybe he's here already. I, I, it's I don't not, know. It's, I don't think it's possible that he that he drove. Right. It's. I don't think. I mean, he rides his bike to every single road show. I don't think he rode his bicycle down no. here. I don't think there's a bike lane on 95. Okay, yeah. But <laughs> I will say this. Yeah. Neil has turned into my version of the guy in Happy Gilmore who goes, you will not make this putt, you jackass. I, I drop you guys off, and I'm trying to go off into this like dark abyss to find Starbucks. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy. I'm already got my head on a swivel here. There's people inside the Red Sox building do not love me. So I was like, what the hell? And this guy's like, you're late. <laughs> And it was Neil. And it was Neil, and I didn't even realize it. And then this morning, I had totally put it into the back of my brain. Yeah. And then as I was re-entering JetBlue Park, I remembered that, oh my God, I didn't tell you guys, I saw Neil sitting. I don't even know how we got in here. Yeah. Well, Courtney was, it was nice. Courtney was welcomed into the Capitol Grill, and you seemed to be, even after yesterday with Sam Kennedy, Welcomed back here into yeah. JetBlue Park. So I, I mean, uh, I, I just don't understand. He says when I asked him about the billion dollar valuation, five billion, he's like, "Well, that's what other people will pay." Right. I I, I love Odyssey. I hope it sells for thirty billion one day. But nobody's offering Odyssey five billion dollars as a break even company. Break even companies do not sell yeah, I mean, for I, billion dollars. Listen, I think. Um, <laughs> I think if you if if there were a takeaway that was the most important yesterday uh, from Sam Kennedy, it was his suggestion that they are operating a break even business. I mean, I don't 
I don't know because I, I thought it was a non-profit. Uh, 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 what? <laughs> I thought he said non. No, he never said non-profit. No, that was Curtis. I was seeing a thing. <laughs> joke. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, the if uh, it, I mean it's it's not a break. if there if it were a break-even business, they wouldn't have been able to take the EBITDA from this business and start spending it on other businesses. Right. Uh, and, so. and if, let's just take it away from baseball. Let's say it's a pizza shop. Uh-huh. And pizza shops are really poor things to invest in. Okay. But you're going to buy a pizza shop, and then you're going to start buying pizza shops all over the country. That's what they do. If if the sports world, if, if, if uh, sports and entertainment was this non-profitable entity, mm-hmm. then the Red Sox and Fenway Sports Group would not be continually purchasing teams and entities yeah. in that realm. I'm just going to now consider going to a Red Sox game, shopping local. You know, <laughs> yeah, support local is. small yes, businesses. Yes, That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Shop small. Yeah. 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 I bet they have to make a nice little profit off this thing. They should. Yeah, that's what they should do is they should have Red Sox employees walking around with a can and he can throw a little cash in at the end of the game if you enjoyed yourself <laughs> to go toward the, the uh, bottom line. That would, right. be, that would be great. There's an opportunity to yeah. Venmo John Henry before you leave. It's just like a thank you. But the other thing is I was listening to the replay right before we came on, and and Sam said that, you know, if we had a bunch of big splash signings and we didn't win, nobody would be happy. But they'd be happy today. They would be happy now, And so in the next offseason, the Red Sox make a big splash signing. I'm going to say, so, Sam, was this a mistake? Why are you spending a lot of money in free agency? You told me that that didn't guarantee success. It's very frustrating. I mean, my intent yesterday was to get him – to share because John Henry won't uh, to share what the strategy is, and then he during the interview acknowledged, yes, it would be a great thing to for us. You're right, we should share the strategy, but I'm not going to share the strategy. Right. Right. I, although maybe the strategy the strategy is to be somewhat competitive this year, and then to start spending uh, on big free agents next year or the year after. I don't know. That's what just it tell like he but was it, saying. Okay, but then just say it. That's my whole point with yeah, you. It's just say it. Well, they try to say it. In just code. say it. Yeah, because he was like, you know, well, you know, we're gonna be back in that world of making a big splash. And he kept going back to the young core players that they have high expectations for. And yeah. the other thing is, it's gonna be difficult. Now, given the division, it's sort of like the Patriots. Like it was the, when the Patriots were great, the division also sucked. When the Red Sox were great, it was just the Red Sox and the Yankees, and you had yeah. 35, 40 games against the Rays and the Orioles. Right, the Orioles stunk, and and the Blue Jays weren't that great. And now the Red Sox are in the one of the toughest divisions in baseball, and their plan is simple: they need a big nucleus of young, cheap players, and when those guys are on the verge of breaking out. They will add they around will add. the edges. They will add. But that's their new plan. It used to be they would sign Manny Ramirez, even though they didn't sign him. They would sign David Price. They would sign a big-name, top-of-the-free-agent type of batter pitcher, and they would continue to augment that with, with their minor league prospects. They'd go out year after year and spend on somebody that was a big-splash free agent. And whether it worked or it didn't, uh, you know, it, it, they would do it. They're not going to do that now. And and you know what? Honestly, I'm like, if the results are there at the end of the season, then brilliant, and I'm okay with it. But just tell us what. Tell us that that is what the strategy is. I think people will will be happier with that. All right, um, we are. I believe that we're on Twitch this morning. I can't yes, tell when I look up are. at it. Uh, it was a tough start, um, but we are up. 
Okay, we're up. It looks we're, green. All right. It's, what's, it's what's, not green on the actual oh, Twitch. Yeah, I don't that's know why. just to you, Wiggy. Just uh, looks, okay. looks green to us. Everything's green to Wiggy. Uh, this, <laughs> no, that's what I'm uh, looking at. Everything is green to Wiggy and John Henry. Uh, <laughs> the, we are, we're uh, on Twitch, so you can watch this show this morning from JetBlue Park. We will be joined early this morning in about a half an hour by Alex Cora, the manager of the Boston Red Sox. So Alex Cora will be here with us in about a half an hour at 6.45 this morning. And we will also be joined at 8 by Nick Pavetta, who looks like he has himself uh, a starting role with this Boston Red Sox team. So Nick Pavetta will be here at 8 this morning. We'll talk to Mike Milbury uh, about the Boston Bruins, as we always do on Thursdays. And that will be at 8.30. And uh, we can certainly talk about this team blowing third period leads, Shime, uh, at least on this road trip and, and perhaps elsewhere. So uh, Mike Milbury at 8.30 on today's show. And our pal Lou Merloni will join us here at 9 this morning. We'll get, the, we'll, uh, we'll get to talk to Lou. So we got a lot to get to. The leads coming up in just about 10 minutes at 6.25. And I'm going to talk about a report card. <laughs> what a tease. Nobody's mentioned it. Is that going <laughs> to it's not going to be your lead this morning. Oh, my God. It was just so great. I, I said this at lunch yesterday, and it's been really nice. It's so fun to go to a, a Fort Myers trip and not be yelled at the whole time. Um, uh, it was a. Uh, it's amazing when you look at the Chiefs and the Patriots, how the NFL, we all want it to be this like nuanced thing where you can run the ball and win the turnover battle. It's all the quarterback. It wasn't always all the quarterback, but where the NFL is now, you could have dumb, absolute kids that inherited a team and fall into Patrick Mahomes, and all of a sudden, you're winning Super Bowls, even though you get Fs in basically every category. Mm. And Robert Kraft, I got to tell you, Sam Kennedy was the happiest guy on the planet that that NFLPA report came out yesterday, mm. because the Red Sox didn't look too bad yeah. in comparison. All right, I'm guessing that will be your lead. Yes, okay. Yeah, all right, well, we'll get to leads coming up in just a little bit, and we will, uh, you want to squeeze, they set it in at 720 or thereabouts, Shime, does that make sense, I would assume? Sure, morning? Greg, we can do okay. that. Um, and during they said it, we can discuss the quarterback that Bill Belichick apparently would have taken mm. with that third pick if he had it. Mm. So we'll we'll uh, we'll get to that during they said it coming up at set. At well, the Patriots have the third pick. So. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, Bill does not. Well, they, hopefully they the apple it. don't fall far from. Well, the no, they're they're now based on what they've been saying, they're going to have to do the exact opposite. Changing they're gonna philosophy. To, they're going to have to do. They cannot do what Bill would have done. Well, I mean, that would be an absolute nightmare if they did what Bill Bel what the great Bill Belichick would have done. All right. Um, lots to get to from JetBlue Park with the Boston Red Sox spring training. That includes Courtney and what is trending this first hour. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Cars for Kids. The Sox fell to the Nationals yesterday 4-3. to Josh Winkowski got the start. He went two innings where he didn't give up a single run. He did strike out one. Another one for the Sox today. They have the Tigers right here at JetBlue Park at 105. Will Fleming and Lou Merloni will be on the call on the Shaws and Star Market WEEI Red Sox Network. You can listen to them on EEI 850 or, as always, on the Odyssey app. The Bruins have Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights in town tonight. Puck drop is at 7. And as we get closer to the March 8th NHL trade deadline, Jake DeBrusque has confirmed there's been no movement in extension talks between he and the Bruins. Mm. Here's a little bit more of what he had to say as we get closer to the date. 
progress. Do you worry about that at all? Uh, that I have no trade in. Well, like, just trade deadline approaching. Oh, um, you know, pending free agency. All the well, yeah. I mean, I, of course I do. I mean, I understand. I feel like I've uh, been around here long enough to to know. Um, you know how the league works in that sense of things and obviously there's uh, different things guys getting injured around the league and different stuff that kind of happens that is out of uh, you know normal control so um, you know it'll be interesting to see what teams are aggressive what teams aren't um, but of course you always have that in the back of your mind I mean there was obviously two years ago it was a little more intense uh, in that side of things but I think ever since I've been here I've been worried Ever since I've been here, I've been worried. I mean, wow. he's made it clear that he wants to stay in Boston. He said that he feels like he knows what it means to wear the B. Uh, you know, he didn't apparently feel that way a few years ago when right. he wanted out of here. But right. That's Cap, though. I don't believe that. Well, I don't believe that he wants to be here. Really? Yeah, because just by saying ever since he's kind of been here, he's always thinking, like, when are they going to move me? Why would you want to be someplace where they don't really, where you feel like they might not want you? Well, he didn't want to be here two years ago because of Bruce Cassidy. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's why he didn't want to be here. No, but. no, I get that. But even now, Bruce Cassidy's gone and he's still dealing with some of the same issues as far as them say, at least saying to him, like, yeah, we want to make a long term commitment to you. Well, I, their deal, their, their issue, they have the issue. Because he has, I don't think he's lived up to the expectation for him as a player. Oh, and I and I agree with you. I agree with you. He's just kind of like I feel like he's feels like he's walking in like purgatory. He doesn't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, he's not really getting any commitment. He knows he probably hasn't lived up to the expectation. So, I think he might be a guy that might need a change of scenery. All right, well, that was brought to you by Cars for Kids, the easy way to donate your car. Donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Call 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS today or donate online at carsforkids.com. Remember, that's cars with a K. That's what's trending. Here's Curtis with your weather. All right, already 64 here in Fort Myers. We're going up to 84 today. Gorgeous. Back home. Sorry, everybody. It feels like 13 outside. Afternoon high in Boston will be a windy 40. 13 after they were at 60? It's so windy. It's awful. Really? Oh, my God. The wind was going right through me this morning. You better be, Shime, in your your new condition, you could just blow away like a leaf. You better be careful. You're so skinny. Yeah, I was making sure to grab onto anything I could find to anchor me down. (laughs) Yeah, you should throw throw some five-pound weights in your pocket or something. Ooh, that's a good call. You need some ballast to hold you down, Chime, when the wind some starts Some sandbags, maybe. All right. <laughs> Isn't that what they used to call you when you were playing volleyball in high school? Oh, sandbags? Man. Old, oh, old sandbags? No. Oh. All right. No. No, Greg. All right. Uh, we will get to today's leads. Erroneous. From, from JetBlue Park coming up next. We're back at JetBlue Park. The spring home of the Boston Red Sox, day number two, spring training on the Greg Hill Show. Everything okay back there, Shine? I, I, I was I wasn't hearing audio for a while. Was everything all right? Yeah, preview button was stuck. Oh, uh, I was uh, okay. It was uh, all right. A mess. I mean, used to be the issue when it came to buttons getting stuck was food. Not anymore with you. No. So, no, no. I, so obviously some sort of a technological issue going on back. Yeah, there. I think I think it's fixed. So we're good. I would feel. I feel like the fingers, uh, certainly when it comes to pushing buttons, are so much thinner than they used to be. It should be very easy for you. They are starting to get thinner. It's nice. It's yeah. a lot less fat fingering, which is good. Oh, okay, excellent. <laughs> speaking, of push, speaking of pushing buttons, one of my favorite things of this trip uh, has been when Wiggy just totally pushes the buttons of Courtney. Yeah. In the yeah. most like indirect way. Yeah. We're uh, driving home after an awesome dinner and. 
Courtney is talking about a couple Netflix shows that she's liked or whatever. And then there's this two-second pause, and we just goes, Netflix is trash. <laughs> yes, well, I, it yeah. is, though. I mean... <laughs> It Netflix it is not. Trend. It is that like they're like um maybe the documentaries are good, but I'm talking about like their like shows that they have like their series shows. The quality's gone down a little bit. Yeah, it, used to, it used to be that you could rely on Netflix every single day, and you can't anymore. It's a a lot of uh and and it's a lot of uh it's a lot of stuff that is uh foreign dubbed and i can't stand right. foreign i i cannot stand foreign dubbed things because the mouth never uh equals the right. the, uh, the voice i can't do that either I, but you're gonna change your tune as soon as the next season of uh, outer banks comes out well 100 percent yeah so, I will. their yeah, best yeah, show yeah. was top yes. boy now that top boy's over yeah, okay. i don't go to netflix all right, all right. and i have to um, say florida <laughs> curtis a different Curtis. What do you mean? He is, the other day, or yesterday, I went on a hot girl walk, walked by Curtis, and I he has his sunglasses on, so I'm waving at him, thinking he's mm. looking right at me. He has the biggest smile on his face, uh. just alone, walking around oh, in the uh. sunshine, not a care in the world. He didn't see me. He didn't wave back at me. Oh, he didn't? But no. we walked right by each other. I was like, uh, oh. I didn't even, I, I, I went on a walk. I didn't even realize it was like two and a half hours. There you go. I got to Miramar Lakes. I saw the the old Dino pad. Yeah. Walked around. It was so perfect. Wiggy and I, while you guys were, you know, still getting ready, pr- pripping your hair, whatever the hell the word is, but we were out in the lobby at like 6 15 mm-hmm. outside the lobby. It is just so perfect. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It's nice down here. We it really is. We finished the show and I'm like, oh, I might go take a nap or whatever. I didn't want to be in my room for two seconds. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's beautiful. Gorgeous. You could get used to it. I, I think it would get. I mean, I w- I certainly would miss Massachusetts. I I like you yeah. know I like the. I know you wouldn't, but I I I I do like. I mean, I like fall. I like I I like some snow around yeah, winter winter snow. time. I don't know if I could get used to it down here. All the, the weather time. is beautiful. It is the weather. It, it's just I would love this weather, kind of in mass because. Curtis said this kind of jokingly when you when we came here. It is like just one one giant strip mall well that's There's not like it's not nothing, the entire, nothing like to do you, it is nothing to do I, if you're like there's really not nothing to do that. We don't. We, we we don't have time for this I now. All the, these things. It. These things come up, and they they. It's just you. Uh, you have it. This is your one and only time in Florida, right? And you've, ju- and you've judged the entire thing. First impressions. I know, but but you've been here for forty eight hours. But like, everywhere not, not we, even everywhere 36. we go, it's like you know, giant strip. Malls. They have a lot of malls. Yeah, yeah they have a lot of stores down here. They have woo. a lot of yes, it is. But there's other things. I don't know how many Rosses I'm gonna see down here. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of things, other things. All right, uh, we will be out tonight. So if you are down here and you're listening on the Odyssey app, thank you for that. First and foremost, secondly, we will be at Ore and Iron, which is in Naples, and I think it's Founders Square. We'll be there from five until seven tonight, and we would love to see you. Alex Coral will join us here at JetBlue Park in 15 minutes at 645, but right now this. This is the Greg Hill Show. Time now for The Lead.
Jacksonville, Florida's Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks, if I'm correct, and stop dragging my heart around. Well right? done, Gregory. Okay, all right. Leads this morning brought to you by Northeast Electrical, New England's full-service electrical distributor. They provide electrical products and services for electrical pros all across the region. There are 40 locations serving the trade at needco.com, Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros. And Shime, good morning. Hello, your lead this morning. Yes, good morning, Greg. Uh, so Courtney played that Jake DeBrusque audio during trending, uh, talking about always being uh, on his toes, more or less, at the trade deadline. And uh, I don't think he needs to be this year because I just I don't think the Bruins need to be uh, out of control with their um, trades. You know, Don Sweeney has been aggressive at the deadline in the past. I don't think this is the year to do that. I just don't think that this team is good enough to do that. I know mm. their record may indicate otherwise. Um, I, I believe that next year is the year that this team really needs to, once again, sell out, sell the house to make a, okay. a push for the Stanley Cup. Because next year you're going to have a lot more cap space. You're going to be a lot more flexible. You're going to have a better ability to make moves. Like this year you don't have a first-round pick to move. So the only thing you can really do is move players because you don't have any money either. So... You put yourself in a precarious position where you have to give up players in order to get players, and the trade-off there isn't going to make you good enough to win a Stanley Cup at this point the way they've been playing. So I am of the uh, stand-pat variety at this trade deadline. So, like, Sam, you're looking at this in the absence of Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci as a rebuild year and load it up and you're ready to go next year. Yeah, I kind of you guys kind of accosted me for saying that before the season even started. I told you that it was going to be kind mm-hmm. of a reset year. It was a yeah. hey, we got we're tight against the cap. Let's sign Lucic and Van Riemsdyk to these, you know, minimum contracts and Morgan Geeky and then next year we'll make a big splash cuz there's some big name free agents out there. All right, Chime, thank you very much. Curtis, good morning. All right, it is time for the Patriots report card. Yesterday it was unveiled 1,706 NFL NFL players were part of a poll about their teams, facilities, coaches, the entire experience, and those results were released. Wiggy, we were discussing this at lunch yesterday. They Mm. didn't do this when you played. No. But I think it's great. Good way to get some transparency. So the Patriots, their entire GPA, so to speak, was 27th in the NFL, one slot down from where they were last year at 26th. The, this is such an indictment of Robert Kraft, and it, it further enrages me in the manner in which he is conducting, or how he conducted the Dynasty docuseries, where it's this attempt to make people like you when you could just do the work and people would like you. And the, the video board, they spent the money on the video board. They cannot create a family room for oh, players' families right. and, uh, and wags. And, in the, in the event they don't, they don't, that is they don't have the terrible. money. They don't have the, in the event I, that you missed this, just so you know, the weight room got an F. Last year it got a D. Damn. The, the travel aircraft must be like JetBlue's flight down here. They got a D. They were a D-plus last year. Jesus. But by far and away, this guy who says, Drew Bledsoe was like a son to me. Matthew Slater's like a son to me. Gerard Mayo's like a son to me. Treatment of families, F minus. Yeah. Damn. Okay, you don't have a family room? And I'm sorry, I know, believe me, Patriots fans are like, oh, cry me a river, whatever. This is the Patriots grades in the context of every other professional athlete that's pampered. Mm-hmm. This is their, it's a, yes. it's, a, it's the same scale mm-hmm. for everybody. It's across the board, D's and F's. 
that they got when it came to their own players yeah. rating them. Yeah. Except I, for head coach who I, got a B. I, uh, yeah, I was just going to mention the former head coach got a B minus. Oh, that's good. But, but um, it, facilities is it, key it, for me. It, <laughs> a B minus ranked twenty seventh though. So it's like it, I looked at B minus. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Then you look at it comparative to every other uh, coach in the league. You're like, B minus gets you at twenty seven. Like, how is that possible? And and that's those are the headlines. That Bill Belichick, oh, Bill, Bill Belichick lost the locker room, ranked 27th. It's like, look at the rest of the grades they got. Bill right. Belichick is not the, was not the issue, the only issue that, that, that these players were dealing Facilities with. Facilities is key because you spent so much time over there. It's like, you know, it's like where you work, right? If you work in a nice office building with nice amenities, you'll feel, you know, you just feel like more comfortable in your work environment if the facilities are like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the two takeaways for me, one, Tom Brady literally held this entire franchise on his back. I don't know how you can dispute that. The whole building sucked. Everything sucked. They won because of Tom. The only team that was similar to the Patriots when it came to treatment of families the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. And you know what? Somehow they keep winning. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. And lastly, Pete Carroll is vindicated for the bologna sandwich comment. <laughs> Everybody lost their mind saying yeah. that Kraft's never going to do that. He doesn't treat his players like that. It's pretty clear that he does. All right, Curtis, thank you very much. Courtney, good morning. Good morning, everybody. My lead is a happy birthday to somebody, oh. and it's Erilda Senhouse, who had her 113th birthday in Needham, Massachusetts yesterday. Oh. She's one of, if the oldest in Massachusetts, mm. and she talked about the key to a long life, and that is... She didn't have children. Oh. Didn't have children. So that was the key to her long life. She still goes and gets manicures and pedicures wow. weekly with her nieces. Uh. And she loves a casino. Said uh. can't wait for her next trip to a casino. Okay. 113 I'm years bad. old. 113 years young. That's years the way young. you say You're it. You're right. But I, that's... God bless her. God bless her. 113. Uh -huh. That's wow. Would you like to live to 113? I don't, yes. think, so. I don't think so. I would. I, 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 would too. No, I don't think so. Maybe I, that's why my mother, you saw no, me say, you're going to be the death to me. No, I, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, uh, basically, uh, nothing works the way it's supposed to work at that age. It's uh, it's not. I just uh, you know you can't. Things aren't moving when they're supposed to move. Uh, it's like a it's, oh, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a disaster. Like uh, nobody wants to live to be a hundred. I, I do. But God yeah, bless her because you don't care anymore. You just yeah. get to live your life and do what you want. I, I can't wait to. Eat. I think in September we're going to have that birthday party for the incredible 100-plus-year-old uh, World War II veteran that we met this year at our Lunch with a Hero event. Oh, that's um, And I cannot, I mean, I, you know, September is a ways away, but uh, I can't wait for that for that event. You know what the so. good thing about living <laughs> to that age is? I know you say things don't work, and I get it. I see what you're saying. But the, but really, tell you why you're the wrong. really good thing is just to, like, the like. I'm going to dispute you on that. No, no, no. But, uh, uh, no yes. but the good thing is to tell the stories. <laughs> yeah, what, what? To tell the stories. You can't remember the stories. No, but you're When there, you're 113, you can't remember the stories. You're there, and you can still tell the stories to your, like, her nieces. She, cause she I, but, don't have but, she doesn't remember what happened five minutes ago. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? She remembers something. Nineteen twenty-seven. No, she doesn't. Hey, what was her name again? Erilda Senhouse. What is it? Erilda. 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 H-E-R-L-D-A. Erilda. H-E-R-L-D-A. Yeah. Okay. Erilda. Let me tell you, Erilda. Huge Sox fan. Of course she is. Of course she is. All right, Wiggy. Uh, Courtney, thank you. Your You're lead. Welcome. Wiggy, what's your lead? All right, good morning. So we talk about the success of football teams and why the Patriots were so successful. 
And there was something that Miko Hardman said that I think is taking a page out of the Patriots books that the Kansas City Chiefs are doing, and this could lead to them potentially having the same type of, you know, dynasty success over multiple, multiple years like okay. we saw New England have. And here's McCole Hardman talking about his time in Kansas City versus the Jets. Because you step in KC locker room, is Pat. It's me, it's Trav, it's, it's Nick Allegretti, it's Noah Drake. We all on the same level. Nobody's treated differently. If, if Coach say, if Coach Reed say, we don't wear yellow cleats in practice. If Pat go out there and wear yellow cleats, Pat go back and sign and change his cleats. Mm-hmm. Everybody treated the same. So it's like when we was out there, there was no really structure was going on. Okay. So he talked about his time in New York, how it was, there was really not a lot of structure. And I think when you look at what made Bill such a great coach and what made him successful – is that and you look at you see in the dynasty it was everybody was kind of for the most part treated to the same everybody was treated equally to the same level however if you watch dynasty <laughs> it appears to me that the message now is he should not have been treating everybody the same he should have been treating tom brady differently but you just hear what makes success team uh-huh. and, and i've been around it and it is when hey Go in there and change those cleats, Pat, because I told everybody we're not wearing yellow cleats. Uh And you now, because he's going to do it to me, and I'm not on Patrick Mahomes' level, but I'm going to feel a certain type of way because the biggest thing that we always say in the NFL is I'm a grown-ass man. You're going to treat me different than the next dude. So I think that's one thing that you could see that Andy Reid is taking a page out of, in my opinion, Bill's book. Okay, Wiggy, thank you very much. Uh, Jackson-like lead from me this morning, Ooh. if it's okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, because I learned yesterday during one of our lengthy discussions with uh, my guy, Coach Wiggins, uh, a life hack that I had I had never experienced before. Um, and uh, yesterday, as is often the case, Courtney was sharing with us one of her 97 different anxieties uh, anxieties that she suffers from uh, during during everyday life. Um, I know where you're going. Um, and so uh, Wiggy uh, was able to share with all of us a life hack, and that is how when you are in any kind of a situation, you can identify uh, the individual who could be a dangerous person to you, a criminal. It's if, a threat, if, threat assessment. Uh, uh, if you yes. will, yes. If you're in any, any area and you want to do a threat assessment on somebody, whether they're a bad person or not, all you need to do is look at one thing and one thing only. And what is that, Wiggy? That is their shoes. Their shoes. <laughs> yes. And why? And why? And why is that? Because if their sneakers or shoes that they're wearing, they look raggedy. They don't look clean. They don't look like they take care of them. Then you got to be careful. That about person it. is a criminal. Uh, he might they're... have some, or she might have some nefarious things <laughs> that they're trying to do. Okay, and you can tell that from the shoes. You can tell that, but from the okay. anytime I, I go in a gas station uh-huh. at nighttime or in a shady area. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the shoes. If the shoes look raggedy, okay. or if I'm in a club and the yeah. shoes look raggedy, yeah. I got to be aware of that person. I see. So if the shoes don't fit, then you will not acquit. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that, that person is guilty as charged by you right off the bat. Oh, yeah. If the okay. shoes is dirty, okay. you better be. Dirty looking. shoes run is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. it's like when it comes to your fight, what, what's the fight or flight? Yes. yes. I, I, so if you see anybody, uh, I mean, look right now around at your coworkers. If okay. their shoes are dirty, uh, I would be very careful. I would pay close attention to what they're doing at all times based on Wiggy's theory. And not right. to, you know, not to just support Wiggy blindly here, but 
What happens when you go to the TSA, TSA line and you're flying? They they check your shoes. They uh, take your shoes off. And they, right. Yeah. Take, they great take point. Shoes off. Yeah. I mean, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they've been ahead of the yeah. curve. Oh yeah. All right. Well, those are today's leads. And coming up next, we'll be joined here at JetBlue Park by Alex Cora, the manager of the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox spring training on WEEI brought to you by McFarland Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlandEnergy.com by the E.L. Harvey companies, including Nosset Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash collection and recycling providers by Aviva Trattoria, Italian-inspired, locally made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients, and by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh and with us this morning bright and early it is alex cora the manager of the boston red sox how are you i'm great i'm great Not, thanks for coming earlier or are you normally here what time do you get here in the morning well uh we're into this cardio program that we have you know so there's certain days we get here 4 30 in the morning to oh. out to run and yeah. others at five to do the peloton like, uh. we're in this healthy trend you yeah know, like, oh that's a good thing <laughs> yeah, i think yeah, maybe yeah. Wiggy, maybe wiggy and i would like to join you for the, <laughs> for the cardio portion yeah. later on yeah, yeah uh, I mean, so, so get here early um you know take care of of you know ourselves and then get ready for the kids all right well listen uh help us out there's uh there's been you know this this probably won't shock you uh some uh, questions about this baseball team this year how are you feeling at this point so far into into spring training i do believe we're more athletic than than in the past uh the defense has been showing up early on uh i think willie Abreu is a great right fielder sedan rafaela we don't know what we're going to do with him but uh I, I do believe defensively He's a game changer. Offensively, he still has some strides, you know, to 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 take to be a better offensive player. And Tyler O'Neill in left field uh, is 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 different, you know. He's a Gold Glove winner, and he moves in the outfield. And and one of the things that we didn't do a good job, you know, last year was playing defense. You know, uh, we were horrible. Not only uh, not catching the ball, but making bad decisions. You know, a lot of Balls off the wall with men at first. We threw to third, and the batter runner got to second. It's second and third, no outs, and a bloop single is two runs. So we've been working on uh, decision-making. Um, obviously, the shortstop makes a huge difference, Trevor Story. He, he's healthy. He's moving. He, he was great last year for 60 games. I think he, he was at eight defensive run saves in, in, in 60 games. So that's amazing. And uh, we do believe that Von Grissom at second base is going to be a game-changer. You know, uh, it's his first – Hopefully his first full uh, season playing that position, but he's a good athlete, um, very Sander-esque as far as, like, the body. You know, now he needs to get stronger, but uh, he moves well. And if we can play defense, I think we're going to be okay. We don't have too many guys on our rotation that have swing and miss stuff. They're going to put them on play. So you make plays, and you're going to be in a better spot. We talked. This won't surprise you. We talked a lot about this team last year when it came to the defense, and – it, does that end up being in your mind when you're not executing on the players, or is that on you as a manager? I'll take it personal. You know, I, I made a living in the big leagues playing good defense, uh, moving guys over and making good decisions. And, you know, for years here, uh, we have struggled in that aspect. And, uh, you know, in 18, we were elite. But that was, you know, different, right? I mean, let's be honest. It was the greatest team in the history of the Red Sox. But uh, in 21, we made it to the playoffs, but we, we had a lot of moving parts. Uh, at one point, we had Kyle Schwarber playing first base, and <laughs> you know, the defense was the defense, right? But yeah. uh, we changed a few things uh, structure-wise, the way we go about it in spring training. 
a lot of the work we're doing uh, is here at, at JetBlue Park in the big stadium. We haven't done that in the past. But one of the things, like, well, we play 81 games at Fenway Park. This is the closest thing to Fenway. So let's do a lot of stuff here so they get used to it. You have to dominate at home in any yeah. sport, right? You you play 650 at home, and then you play 500 on the road, and that means you're going to be dancing in October. So um, I take it personally because I, I, I believe in fundamentals. I believe in defense. And uh, there was some rough night last uh, last year. It, it was <laughs> tough for me, but uh, turned the page, got better. Uh, I do believe the shortstop, like I said before, he's Trevor is going to change the whole complex of the defense, and we should be better. You mentioned Schwarbs. Um, is there anybody on this team? He was such. He, he was the perfect guy in my mind to play in Boston the way Boston is. Is there anybody on this team now that's that you would say is similar to him? Tyler O'Neill, I believe, I believe Tyler O'Neill is going to be that guy. They, yeah. they, they're going to love him. You know, uh, All right, Indian. where's he from? We need to know. What, Canada. He's okay, Canadian. So, Ty- yeah, yeah, Canadian. so we'll call him Tyler from Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, T.O., strong kid, too. You know, uh, you know uh, I think we got probably the strongest uh, outfields, outfielders in the big leagues, you know, between Duran and Tyler, man. Yeah. They, they go to, into that weight room and they, they crush it. Alex, I feel like something we all love about you is that you are a player's manager. It seems like the guys go out there and play hard for you and you have a good relationship with all of them. So this off season, when you look at a guy like Rafi Devers, who's being outspoken about the lack of movement, movement or, or additions for this team, how do you handle that inside the clubhouse? Do you have those open conversations with them? Do you agree with what he's saying? Well, we've been asking this kid to be outspoken for years, right? Yeah. The last two or three years to become the leader of the team. And uh, I, well, you guys, you guys heard part of the interview. You know, I, I heard the whole thing in Spanish. And whenever he said that we have to make adjustments before that, he's like, I'm not saying this is a bad team. Actually, I like where we at, but... And, and, you know, in the translation and all that stuff, there's a few things that we're missing. Uh, and, and Carlos has a tough job because uh, in, that, in that question, uh, Rafi gave three answers while Carlos was translated. But like I, I told people, I said, I, I'm glad that he did, but now we got to go, go to work. You know, everybody knows how you feel. One of the things, like, it, it's funny because it's like everybody knows what we need. He, he didn't say we need to play better defense or we need a better offensive player or more pitching. He said, everybody knows. Everybody so, knows it. But, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you're the, you're, you might think we need a starting pitcher. You might think it's a reliever. You might think it's another hitter. So he just left it at that, but at the same time, understanding that he needs to be better, right? Like he needs to be better offensively. He needs to be better defensively, and he understands that. I tip my hat to it because this is the first time he's sitting on that bench for 25 minutes. I was waiting. I was like, oh, this is going to be five minutes, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the media. And this, the contract starts now, you know. So he, you know, he hates it, but he's actually the face of the franchise. That, that's, that's what it is. It comes with territory. And for him to stand up and talk and understand that, and we had conversations about it, and, you know, he's not bashing on his teammates. He just wants to be better. He wants to win. Right. You know, he got here in 17. They made it to the playoffs, and then in 18, we won the World Series. We had a taste in 21, but it's been a disappointing, right? 20, 22, 23, finishing last, and he hates that. So, so AC, this is a very interesting to me because you bring up decision-making, right? And I come from the world of football where a lot of the decision-making is about film study and understanding the situation. 
How much of that goes into play when you're talking about guys making the right decisions? How much of the film study and understanding the situation goes into play so these guys are not making these bad decisions? Like you say, when you look like the bad news bears out there. <laughs> yeah, we, we had some plays like that the last two years, man. The, the whole Little, uh, little League homer. Oh. I'm tired of that one. Um you ever think about just going home at that point? I got to collect that check the 15th and 30th. <laughs> I got kids. Yeah. Um, so so we, I had a conversation with Bill about this, and this is the only sport that is hard to practice during the season, right? In football, you play once a week, so you got the whole week to coach players, to whatever happens on Sunday, this is what we're doing. You know, in hockey, they got a few days off. In the NBA, the same thing. Here – it's every day, every day, and the off day, we're not going to practice. You know, like we have to, you know, take care of our bodies. Pre-game, film study, all that stuff comes into play, but it's, it's just a matter of, like, the player needs to start thinking ahead. We can do everything we want here in spring training. Hits balls off the wall with a minute first, and then, okay, you got to go to second, you got to go to second, you got to go to second, and then, like Maury Wills used to say, you know, uh, he, he was amazing – the 20% comes into play in the regular season. The third deck, right, is 40,000 people. It's not 10,000 people, 15,000 people. The lights are bright. The TV comes into play. Anxiety comes into play. And that's where the player gets nervous and makes the wrong decision. We have to do a better job as coaches. We know that. We got to keep pounding and pounding and pounding. But at the end, it's what happens on the field, you know. And uh, you got to know the runners. You got to know the situation. Uh, another guy that he, he taught me a lot about the game, Sandy Alomar Sr., you know, Robert Roberto's dad and Sandy's. He always said that that thing in that in that green monster, right, yeah. the scoreboard, is not for the fans. The scoreboard is for the player. Mm -hmm. Whatever you need to know about the game is on that scoreboard. You're either up one, up two, strikes, outs, innings. So the decision that you're going to make in the next pitch is based on that. And I think a lot of players – they don't do that, and I've been talking about it. We've been talking about it for years. You know, I think the, 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 the thing about fundamentals and the way we're playing the game, the problem starts in youth baseball. We were talking off the air. You know, I was coaching my kids. They're six, you know, and, and the, the parents and the winning and all that stuff. You know, it comes into play. They don't teach in the right way. You go to college. They don't know how to play the game. It's showcase baseball. Hit the ball hard, run fast, throw fast. But you don't play team sport, team baseball. You don't you don't you don't try to win the game. You don't move the guy over. You showcasing yourself. And then when they get here, I hate to bring the old school to new school, but the guys now they're better athletes. They're probably better players. But as far as like playing the game, they're a little bit behind. Uh, do you ever get kicked out of little league games? Uh, I, I didn't, but uh, uh, while I was in Springfield, yeah. while I was in Springfield, the boys had a game that Saturday. <laughs> And uh, it's amazing because now they stream the game on Facebook. I can watch my kids. And like, wow, this is awesome. So there was a play at third base in the first inning, and the third base coach from our team got thrown out. Oh, my God. So one of the kids, my one of the twins, Xander, you know, I got home on I think it was Monday after uh, winter weekend. He goes, hey, Dad, have you ever been, been thrown out of the game? I'm like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> why? And I'm like, well, you remember that game in New York? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Balls and strikes. Balls and strikes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I got to be careful, man. But uh, it, I had a blast doing it. Alex Cora is with us here at JetBlue Park. You kind of tipped your hat a little bit on the rotation on Saturday. So you're three 
three like three three of the guys the way there i guess right in, yeah well their, right now I, I do believe uh, lucas nick and uh bayo you know they they're just getting ready for seattle uh, I, 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 I really think uh, Cutter Crawford is a starter in the big leagues. But at the same time, you know, Tanner is very talented. Uh, Gary is very, very talented. Winkowski is talented. And Cooper Criswell, he, he's really good too. So we got decisions to make. Uh, as a player, I always believed that, you know, spring training was going to, you know, either I was going to make the team or not make the team. I, ha I needed to have a great spring. Now as a manager, especially the last few years, understanding that eight innings, ten, ten innings, they, it, it doesn't say the whole story, right? We got so much information. We're going to make the right decision. I, I do believe, and I think everybody agrees with this, the two guys that are going to the bullpen, you know, we're going to have a solid bullpen, you know, just like last year. It's just a matter of uh, the rotation to give us those five innings, six innings every, every time they go out. Uh, we were doing the math. If we get at least 25 innings each rotation turn, we're going to be in a good spot, you know. And and this is this is funny. I, I was with my brother who who's with the Tigers. We we had dinner yesterday and we were talking about 2005 Chicago White Sox. He was a third base coach, and we look at the the innings of that rotation. It, it seems like the rotation pitch every inning in the in the in the postseason. But we're that was in 2005. That was a while ago. Yeah. Now. We, ex we want these guys to at least go five. If they can go six, that's great. And if we can accomplish that, just like in 21, in 21, Nate, uh, Nick, Eduardo, Gary Richards, and Martin Perez, they gave us a chance every time they went out. And uh, if, if we can do that, we're going to be in a good spot. How is your relationship with Craig Breslow? It's good. It's good. Um, be was it, it better than that with Heim Bloom? Well, I had a good relationship with Heim. You, you know, did? Obviously. You speculated about that all the time. Yeah, I know, I know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, with, with him, you know, we obviously, like every relationship, you know, you're going to have disagreements. But uh, I, I think throughout the year, obviously, you, you don't agree with everything. But at the end of the day, you got to deal with the 26 guys that you dealt with, you know, yeah. and you have to do your job. And uh, it's, it's, it's ironic because the day before uh, the organization let him go, we had a two-and-a-half-hour two conversation about September, about the offseason, what we're going to do in spring training, and then that happened, you know. And uh, now he's with the Cardinals, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. Bright man, you know, and I think this experience in Boston made him a better baseball man, and I think he's going to be successful in his next turn. With Craig... I played with him a little bit in uh, 07. He was part of uh, our team. Very, very bright individual, very smart. Uh, the pitching thing is real, you know, uh, and that's what I'm excited about the whole thing. I do believe that the pitching structure, the pitching philosophy is so much different than in the past, and we're going to take a step forward. And uh, some of these guys, they're very excited about – you know, attention to details, grips, uh, you know, this whole, you know, like all the information that we get in, in the bullpens is great, and uh, it starts from on top. He did it with the Cubs, and uh, hopefully he can do it here with the Boston Red Sox. On that topic, I should get Sean McDonough out of hot water because he talks about it all the time on the show, and I should take the blame. He said you were driving your daughter to school or something, and we played some audio from him, and, and he was upset the way we presented that. So that's, <laughs> Alex, that's on me. That is not on Sean McDonough, okay? Okay. I want to I, I, I want to get him out of hot water. You know what, uh, Sean? Uh, our relationship started in 1996 in Omaha. Uh, you know, he he was the CBS, fine. You know, the the final game, Saturday game, CBS, 
And uh, I was playing for Miami. That was the game. Warren Morris hit the walk-off. I was crying at short stuff, whatever. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I don't take it personal. <laughs> I, know. You know, I know how it works here. I just want to take the blame. It. I want to take the Go blame. Go ahead. You know? yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned 2007 with seeing Breslow briefly here. So you have the most unique and well-positioned uh, vantage point of the Red Sox evolution. So you're 07, you're here, you start the season before Pedroia is ready to go, that team wins the World Series, you're a glue guy who was hitting 400 before Pedroia came in. <laughs> and, and then you're here in 18 and you lead the Red Sox to the best season they've ever had as a manager. And now you're here entering a walk year and the organization has told everybody they haven't changed, but they've changed. And I'm just curious how you've sort of seen where the Red Sox are and how confident you are in the end point of the direction they've now decided to go. I do believe in player development. We were close to what it was, you know, uh, especially position player-wise. I think that's something that throughout the years, uh, you know, we haven't missed, right? Uh, the, the kids are good. They're really good. You know, uh, today we're going to have Roman Anthony playing center field for us, and when you see him, you're like, he plays the part. Uh, Teal, the catcher, he's really solid. Marcelo, he's solid. We need him to play, you know. We, we do need him to play. So as far as that, we're in a good spot. The whole thing that I, I do believe that this organization is going to take a step forward, I go back to the answer uh, five minutes ago, two minutes ago, the pitching thing is different. It's a lot different than last year. It's a lot different than five years ago. It's a lot different than 2007. And uh, it is, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see because when you go to uh, other, other complexes here, when you're playing, you know, like yesterday, uh, you're on the other side over there, and you got the, the Nationals. All those kids are throwing 97, 98, and then you have your kids throwing 92, 93. You feel like you're behind, but that's not the case. Yesterday we had a lefty throwing 97, a righty throwing 100. So we're catching up with that part of the game. I do believe expectations as a whole, that's, and that's something I've been talking about it since I got here. I get the whole future thing, but you know what? It's now, you know, like you, you, you can't, you, you don't know what's going to happen next year. You don't know what's going to happen in three years, right? We lived it in, you know, I lived it, I lived it personally in, in 19, right? I made my mistake and all of a sudden he goes out and then I get suspended. And I, at that point I was like, I'm done. I'm not coming back. So, you know, is is that, that part, then the pandemic happens, right? And you never know what's going to happen. So I do believe as an organization and, and they know it and because I talked to them, um, All the, in the in the no in, in the in the meeting this year, let's get back to who we are. You know, like I mean, the best version of the Red Sox is really good. I, I get it. You know, we finished last the last two years, but there's four rings to show for the last twenty, right? And that that matters. Sometimes you get caught up in trying to be that team or that team or imitating this and that. You know, whatever. Uh, uh, and you forget who you are. So let's get back to that. And also, let's talk about now, you know, like, I mean, look at Arizona last year. Look at the, well, the Rangers, they they had a good team. They had a good team. But Arizona, you know, they made it to the playoffs. How they Wiki did. brings that up all the time. Yeah. yeah. But it's so, not, in baseball, it's not necessarily the best roster that, that ends up winning it. At the end of the day, it's 162. You get a chance to, to redeem yourself, right? And uh, I, I'm, I'm very positive about it. And in, not in the rah-rah thing, let's go, right? let's rally the troops, Fenway Park, let's get loud. The product that we we show on, in a, on a daily basis is more athletic, 
you know, we're paying attention to details and where the game is going. You know, you got to run. You got to run fast. You got to play good defense. You got to throw hard. And I think we, we're, we're in that spot now. How are the pants fitting? Everything okay with the uniform? Or Actually, anything? they're they're bigger, man. Like, okay, yeah, right. yeah, I'm uh, good. Been, I'm in a good been spot. A lot, of, a lot of complaints this year from the. You know what? Like, I don't know if if we're using the old pants or whatever, but there's not to. <laughs> or or our, our kids are so like they're just happy to be in the big leagues. Who cares? Yeah. You know, like, let's play in speedos. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. That's well, how yeah, they feel yeah. about it. It's baseball, guys. Yes. They find something to complain about. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it harder to? Co- we talked about this a lot with Bill. Is it harder to coach this generation of of players? Um, it was hard. To, it was hard in the past, man. Like the '07 team, for how great we were, I know for Tito was hard. You know, to deal with David and Manny. Woof, Manny. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was hard. But uh, I, I, I do believe, and this is something that is happening in the game. Um, not too many guys are going to play ten years. You know, like you see clubhouses and. The veteran thing is is you don't see too many of them. Right now within our roster, I think we got five or six guys that have six year or more in the big leagues. It's Kenley, Trevor, Rafi's a veteran. He only has six years in the big leagues. So where, where are we going as a game? You know, uh, it's not that they're pushing the veterans out, but they're giving young guys uh, a chance right away to, to go out there and perform. And, um, you know, it's a shame because I think there's value in, in veteran guys, you know. Not only on the field, but off the field, how to deal with the media, how to dress, you know, take care of your family, you know. Um, but um, this is where we are, and we have to deal with it. Well, Alex Cora, good luck. Thank you. The hopes of an entire region is on your shoulders. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. Are Let's you gonna be, Are you going to be back? You want to be back? Uh, we love it here. We love it here. Um, obviously, you know, we understand it's a business. And uh, the last two years have been a disappointment, you know. And uh, But uh, our family – the kids loved it. Camila, she loves it up there. Angelica was very loud and clear, and I was like, man, you're really good at this, you know, talking to the media. The man upstairs has a plan, you know, yeah. and wherever we are next year, we're going to take advantage of it. Uh, that we love Boston, we do, but yeah. we understand where we're at, and uh, we're going to have a blast this year. All right. Well, you win, and it's not its not a question. So that's, that's all it is. Hey, all right. let's have a great uh, Halloween okay. and the parade. Yeah, right. All right, we would love And it. if somebody hits me with a beer, I don't care. You don't care. care. You don't, you're not Hit me with all of them. <laughs> all right, Alex Gora, thank you. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thank all right, there he is. We are at JetBlue Park, and that is Alex Gora, the manager of the Boston Red Sox, and we will have the opportunity to get your feedback on uh, Alex, what he said. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff in there, yeah. I think. Some nuggets, yeah. maybe, if yeah. you will. Uh, there was a giant nugget in that. There was a giant nugget that in that. I got. All right. Oh, um, hungry. Uh, should we take a break, Shime? Should we get to trending now, or what do you want to do? Take a break now. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be right back from JetBlue Park. Day two, spring training here at WEI. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sun coming up on another beautiful day here in southwest Florida. We are at JetBlue Park. The spring home of the Boston Red Sox will be joined by Nick Pavetta coming up at 8. But uh, Oh, and can't wait to hang out with you, Florida, not like the rest of us people, uh, tonight at Orin Iron on the patio. A little patio pregame for the road show tomorrow, and it's 5 to 7, and they're throwing out uh, endless light apps. So we cannot wait to see you there. This evening. Wiggy, you said you had a nugget or two from Alex Cora. Yep. I'm sure everybody does. Couple, I... couple nuggets. Obviously, the Arizona nugget. and not It's not about having big name superstars. I know we all want that, myself included. You think about it. But I look at the Angels. You know, they have arguably had the best player in baseball and weren't able to do anything. Arizona was able to get to a World Series and be successful. And then the other thing was when you asked them about his future, basically saying the last two years that he's finished in last place you know yeah, like yeah. so i know this is his last year but it, it might be like you know i have to do better and i can't just be living off of my world series uh, my championship win I, he put a lot of the failings of last year on himself right you know which i you know whether he's just that guy i mean i think he is that guy but mm-hmm. i also maybe he maybe it when it comes to looking back at last year he wishes that he was uh able to have done uh, more from a coaching point of view with with these guys, certainly when it comes to playing defense. Yeah. Know, so I, I, He's also a class act, but he did not get along with Heimblum. I'm yeah, sorry. You know, like, I don't I, buy you know, a yeah. single word. He, he and, and I, he is the best interview of all time. Alex Cora is a class act, said very nice things about Heimblum. But to talk about that and then to relate it into his relationship with Craig Breslow and how Breslow is with pitching – it's a different ball game this season compared yeah. to last season. Well, that's, that should him. be a good thing. Yeah, of yeah, course, right, of yeah. course. But yeah. I think you were spot on with those reports, Greg. Yeah, I, I, I do too, Greg. Well done. And I would say uh, very relaxed. I, I got this, I had a very similar vibe in Springfield when I when we spoke, spoke with him at Winter Weekend. He's a guy that looks senior spring. He's very confident. That's never been an issue with Alex Cora. He looks very healthy. He looks like he's lost some weight. Mm-hmm. He looks ready to go, rested, relaxed. And I believe my nugget came from you, Greg, at the end of the interview, where you said, you know, you want to stay here. It's a, it's a, it's a Greg 101, lull him into the end of the interview and just get the question <laughs> you most wanted to ask in. Excellent. Uh, and you said to, to uh, Cora when he was kind of, you know, uh, filibustering, and you said, well, if you win, it's all, you know, it's all decided. And he said, yeah, you know, we'll see. It's Cora needs to be wined and dined. This isn't a year where Cora needs to prove himself, according to, I mean, and I agree. From he, his perspective. See, because I think he was trying to say 
they might they might not want me. No, I haven't won the last couple. Yeah, of Yeah, that's what I was. No, getting out not of at it. all. I got I got. He said that just like the team says, if you play well, we'll trade for someone at the deadline. Core is saying if you invest in this team. I'll stick around. Yeah. But it, I, in my lifetime, maybe I'm wrong. Doug's a Red Sox historian. I don't know the last time a manager willingly went into the final year of his deal with the Boston Red Sox. Like, Francona was fired. Farrell was fired. But, I mean, so you're looking at, you know, definitely not. Grady Little was still well well under contract. Jimmy Williams, you know, going back. Ron Renicky didn't have a contract. Renicky, I don't think he's, I don't think he ever woke up. I think he slept locked the whole year. So Bobby Valentine was fired. So this is uncharted territory in many ways for this organization. And I don't know whether they're just waiting for baseball to re, you know. To adjust? In ter- no, like in terms of the financial uh, world. Yeah, to adjust to the sort of newfound difficulties many of these organizations are, are are feeling with the with the financial constraints and the other thing we're at twin peaks yesterday and they have the bally sports network on many of the tvs which filed for bankruptcy and they have a uh, many of the owned and operated tv partners with major league baseball were through them mm-hmm. nesson is owned and operated by the red sox the red sox if ever had an advantage it's now yeah and they don't take advantage of it. Well, I think. Do you buy the? And if they if they would just say these things, I think people would be somewhat understanding. Like, do you think that the COVID year is a legitimate excuse for Major League Baseball? They're starting to kind of use that now. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that having no fans in the ballpark for a considerable amount of time set them back all of them financially for a long period of time? I mean, I, I think so. They're a sport that, you know... He well, then does, how are they able to buy uh, the Penguins? Yeah. I, I just... Yeah, I mean, listen, I just mean it, sport in general. Like, right. base, the, the sport in general is more dependent because of the amount of games, 80, of, 80 plus of them at home, they're more dependent on fan support than the other sports. It, I... I you know, they have more games. That's some, where they get their money from. Something different that Fenway Sports Group has as well as the concerts that they missed out on for that whole year, too. So yeah. it wasn't just the games. It was everything else that they hold at Fenway. So obviously they were probably hurt in regards to how much money they are they projected to make. But if they were hurting for cash, they're not going yeah, to but spend I think, and well, buy I'm not saying they're hurting. point, I get your point. Yeah. Just look at Major League Baseball and the players and what they're getting. Right, right. And you got two guys that we always talk about. You guys are like, oh, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, right? Well, why hasn't nobody else signed those guys? Right, right. But, you, right. you know what I mean? If, if, if it's, it can't just be, and I get it, like the the Red Sox, when you look at, okay, why are they not in on these guys? Well, why isn't the rest of the league, where's the 250 or $270 million that Blake Snell wants? Where's the 175 that Jordan Montgomery wants? Like, where are these other teams that are like, all right, here's the check? But here's the issue. You're right. The, the owners may even be colluding. Who knows? But John Henry now prioritizes reshaping the salary structures in free agency in baseball above winning a championship. And that was not the case in 2004. John Henry is on an economic reform committee within Major League Baseball to curb spending. John Henry wants the Red Sox to be a cash-effective, profitable entity that doesn't require as much day-to-day operational energy from him yeah. that is where that's why they are where they are he could still sign to these guys mm-hmm. he has plenty of money they are very similar to what the jacobs were when they tried to force the hard cap in the nhl they wanted to have a system that was more profitable and less less you know uh stringent or less 
punitive for signing big deals. And that's where the Red Sox but are the, today. The thing about that is you can get away with it in baseball. That's why Alex Cora brought up Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? you, yeah, maybe you can. Right. We'll see if they can this year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Right. All right. We are at JetBlue Park. Coming up at 8, it's Nick Pavetta. At 8.30, Mike Milbury will join us on today's show. And at 9, Lou Merloni with us here at the ballpark right now. Courtney, and what is trending this hour? Gresh and Fourier, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Leonard Hare Transplant Associates. The Sox fell to the Nationals yesterday 4-3. Josh Winkowski got the start. He went two innings where he didn't give up a single run. Another one for the Sox today. They have the uh, the Tigers right here at JetBlue Park at 105. Will Fleming and Lou Maloney will be on the call on the Shaws and Star Market WEEI Red Sox Network. You can listen to EEI 850 or, as always, on the Odyssey app. The Bruins have Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights in town. Puck drop is at 7. And that was brought to you by Dr. Matthew Lepresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran and Christian Foyer. You can call them at 1-800-GET-HAIR. That's what's trending. Here's Curtis with your weather. 25 degrees and windy back home. 40 degrees this afternoon. It's time for... People said, what's with the light bulb? I said, here's the story. The news. Number one to me, most importantly, the light's no good. I always look orange. With your host... What are we doing? Courtney Cox. I'm swimming in human feces. The news is sponsored by Northeast Men's Health. The experts in men's sexual health with four locations, including their newest in Woburn, with appointments as early as 7 a.m. Visit northeastmenshealth.com for more. The light is the worst. On WEEI. We are at JetBlue Park for spring training. Coming up at 8, Nick Pavetta will be with us here. And then at 9, Lou Merloni. But right now, Courtney and today's news. Where do you want to start this morning? We're going to start with some terribly sad news um, that came out yesterday. Stacey Wakefield, the wife of the late Tim Wakefield, who passed away back in October, has passed away after her own battle with cancer. Mm. Uh, Tim and Stacy were married for 22 years. They shared two children, uh, Trevor and Brianna. So um, just terrible, terrible, terrible news. That you, I'm sure everybody saw on social media, whether it was the Red Sox, Nesson, uh, a million players. I know Alex Cora talked about it yesterday with media. Uh, everybody's feeling the loss. Yeah. Um, and you can't, you know, you have to put your thoughts and prayers with those two kids. Yes. Uh, just so an sad. awful thing yeah. for those kids um, to lose both of those parents uh, yeah. in 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 a short period of time it really is uh it's awful so that's a sucks Um, yes yes it does yes it does um hard to transition from that one but senate republican leader mitch mcconnell is stepping down in november oh ending his so soon uh yeah uh november i I mean he's only been in office for a hundred years yeah Yeah. and i I, like seems like a picture of hell i I mean (laughs) is that the guy who froze up yeah Yeah. a few times (laughs) Yes, Wiggy. Um, but hey, that will end the longest-serving Senate party leader run uh-huh. ever. Ever. Um, yeah. 82 years old. Uh-huh. 82 years young. 82 years Sorry. young. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, said he plans to serve out the remainder of his term, which ends in January 2027. So he just won't be the leader, but he's going he's gonna to serve out his term. He'll continue to work hard leading his conference through this year's election. And it was interesting. He noted he would actually be the healthiest, most vibrant guy if he right. decided to run for president. Oh. This should be in politics. This should be an age limit. Agree. Yes. Like yes. Seventy. Well, there should be term limits also. Like, there's okay. no, there's no reason why this dude or anybody else should be there for twenty, thirty, forty years. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it should be one and done. As far as I'm concerned, okay. like, like uh, get in there, 
Uh, and I don't buy the uh, people say, yeah, you got to get in there and see how it works. And, and uh, it takes you 10 years to figure out how to affect like, no, like that. The, the intent of those who founded this country was not for people. The, you weren't even going to be paid to to be an elected official. Right. You, you were going to do your service to your country and then move on. Right. So because uh, when politics lives back in those days, they only lived for like 20 years. Right, right? Yeah, right. They were only like, yeah, they only lived to be like 30. Right. So, yeah. We can hear a little bit uh, from Mitch McConnell. Uh, he was crying. Yeah. It seemed like he was crying yesterday. Yes. Okay. I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. However, I'll complete my job. My colleagues have given me until we select a new leader in November and they take the helm next January. I'll finish the job the people of Kentucky hired me to do as well, albeit from a different seat. And I'm actually looking forward to that. Mm. And Mitch McConnell worth almost forty million dollars wow. as he departs the Senate. That's yeah, that's I mean, a go, good gig. Good gig if you can get it. Go work at a, uh, Walmart. I mean, when you get yeah. to that age, if you feel like you know, I still got some juice left in me, I want to work. Yeah, I mean, they love the greeters. Retire. It, it, it's right. it's uh, very emotional. Reminds me of the day that Dale served his last of forty-seven <laughs> terms here at WEI. <laughs> uh, all right, what uh, what else? Uh, home Goods in Downtown Crossing. I'm sure a great place that you guys all frequent quite a bit. I love uh, good home goods. I'm uh, sure you do as well. Uh, can't uh, beat it. They are extremely lucky after a glass window fell from a second story um, down to the sidewalk oh. below where okay. nobody was walking. Jeez. Thank God it left a pile of glass on the sidewalk. Uh, home goods says they have no idea how this window fell mm-hmm. from the second story. We can hear from one witness, Max Celestian, speaking to 7 News. I hear the crash. I'm glad she was okay. And I'm glad there's no too many people coming by and when the guys fall down. You cannot be let your guard down. Mm. Mm. You can't. What do you get at the home goods? Is that like the, the uh, decorative candles? At, oh. yeah. Some good the, cutting uh, boards. Uh, yes. <laughs> nice yeah. knife set. Uh, good bedding. Uh, you mean, excuse me, Sean, you mean charcuterie boards? Yep. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Mm-hmm. Small That's, end tables. When you had that small Nantucket sign above your bed that yeah. you've now replaced with a larger one. Yes, uh, I wanted you to go to Home Goods to get maybe a nice piece of artwork. Yes, for yes. for above your bed. Yeah, the Some cute that, salt shakers. Yes, uh, that sign. The only small thing in my bedroom. Your hands. Uh, but I, 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 oh yeah, my hands. Yeah, I forgot about my hands. Are you referring to your large ego? I, I forgot, I forgot, and I your TV. About, yeah, that TV is tiny. No, that TV is normal size. It's actually a room of miniature things. Now that we think about it, the, the only uh, Courtney, watch yourself. The only thing, watch yourself. The only thing that's larger than life is that Boston Man magazine that you got framed for no reason. Uh, what? By the way, did you see Greg show me his room yesterday? He travels with it. He hung it on the wall of his room. I don't huh? travel with the with the framed Boston Man. Magazine. I've never seen a guy no. bring his own decor. No, I don't. I don't. And I don't do. I like um, anxiety queen over here. Mm-hmm. I don't do the hotel checklist. Oh, are we going to get to that? Uh, we can. I, I Yesterday, Courtney says, did you guys do the hotel checklist? I don't speak like that. And, but and, I, and, and, and uh, I was like, no, what is, so what, what is the hotel checklist? Oh, it's so important. When you get into your hotel room, you need to make sure that you do both locks, of course. Well, do, do what with both uh, locks? Well, you need to lock the door. You need to do the deadbolt, and then you need to do just the lock on the door. Mm-hmm. Are, are uh, there a lot of, like, random abductions happening in hotels? Like, I 
Yes. You need to be careful. Okay. Then you need to check under the bed if there is space in all closets. What are you looking under the bed for? For a person. Oh, okay. put you okay. in. Okay. Um, in, the, in the hotel room. Any place where <laughs> a human could be hiding, <laughs> you right. should check. Okay. Right. After that, you need to take off the uh, the top cover of your beds, check the corners for any type of bed bugs. Ours okay. were clean. Don't worry. Okay. Then you need to do the mirror check, and this is very the, important. The mirror check? Yes, and people forget to do this. You need to take your fingernail and put it on the mirror. If your fingernail looks like it's touching, that means it's a two-way mirror. That means someone is watching you from the other side. And if if there's space in between your reflection of your fingernail and your fingernail, you're good to go. And lastly, of course, always check the peephole to make sure that it is looking out and not looking in. You don't okay. like the reverse people like uh, Kramer had in Seinfeld? <laughs> yes. No, I do not want the... Re- this hotel, actually very nice, has a cover over the peephole, so you don't even okay. have to worry And where about do it. I look for the hidden cameras and the uh, devices? Where do they generally hide That's those? a toss-up. Uh-huh. Oh, but, that could uh, be anything. I mean, do I, I don't like have... a special uh, Yeah, I don't have that device. I, no, what I you do, you good. take your coffee maker up to the roof, throw it off, <laughs> and if it, uh, if, it, if it doesn't break, it means it's okay. There's no, there's no device in there. Like, what an absolute uh, psycho. How do you get through life i i, I, I mean i love Perfectly you to death fine well i no. don't no understand way. i don't so everywhere you go you're checking mirrors to see if it's two-way and somebody's filming you yeah in this hotel had one two three four mirrors wow. to check okay so. all right i gotta right. do that right when i get back yeah please curtis yeah, sure. yeah. sure people want to see so well two-way mirrors are really important when it Touch comes it. to airbnbs so there should be space there should be space all right yeah. well the airbnb is more likely to have somebody peeping on you yeah yeah. Two-way mirror. Okay. Courtney, you should do a TikTok on it. We go viral. Oh, there's plenty of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Curtis made a good point yesterday, and I've never thought of this, but while we were driving, I said, oh, guys, actually, coming up is the location where that private plane crashed right. on the highway hitting yeah. some cars. How do you know where the location <laughs> Curtis is? Curtis said, Courtney is the only person that goes by and says, like, oh, here's where some terrible tragedy happened. Well, because you literally, yeah. are, you have anxiety about a plane landing right. on top of us on the highway, right. which is a one in a five billion chance of it ever I happening. Just it was an interesting fact to yeah, bring up. Yeah. Where How we many are. shoes right. you think she's going to be checking? Oh out? my god! <laughs> well, the other, yeah. the other thing is, we were talking about you're you're riddled with fear at the movie theaters. And oh, you yeah. love the movies. I love yeah. the movies. And you said you see a guy coming with a backpack, and you think about the awful uh, guy, Colorado people in Colorado. And then I said, well, that's one. So there's probably been five billion people that right. have brought a backpack to the movies. <laughs> yeah. And never killed anybody. Backpacks right. and fire alarms going off in movie theaters stress me out. We were at uh, Crazy Rich Asians, great movie. Spectacular. And Santo and I sat down, and the fire alarm went off, and I said to Santo, we're going to take three beats before we get up, because in my mind, I thought somebody had pulled it and was waiting for people in the lobby. Oh, oh waiting to shoot you right. in the lobby. Right. So rather than so shoot you, let, you inside you let, the theater. Did you right. push the kids out, the other the kids, no, the little just, kids that were there first? We sat for, <laughs> for a beat and yeah. waited for people to exit, and then we went. Be honest, when your bagel caused the fire alarm to go off at Odyssey. Did you also think for some reason that somebody was shooting? Three no, beats. I, okay. I knew immediately that that was my mistake. Okay, good. Three okay. beats before I leave right. the studio. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm star Richard Lewis has passed away mm. at the age of 76. Mm. According to a press release, he passed away peacefully at home in Los Angeles after suffering a heart attack. I am. So, um, frequent guest on the old show. Okay. Oh. Um, and very uh, unbelievable guy. Uh, he, he, like you, uh, was riddled with anxiety, and I think Larry David was able to uh, take full advantage of that with his character when it comes to Curb Your Enthusiasm. But he was, like Larry David, he basically played himself on that but, show. But so. a basketball I, fan, right? Wasn't he a big, yes, yeah. yeah, huge, like Knicks fan, I believe. And he, he is such a great example of leaning into who you are. 
like he was had all this anxiety, had these you know different neuroses, and it's yeah. like he was him, yeah. And people all related because for so long nobody actually admitted they had these things or was who he was in real life. And Absolute, I, like just unbelievable, like so funny. Oh, doing, hilarious! Doing a, doing a radio show, and I saw uh, Stiz Grimy post a picture last night on Instagram of uh, Richard Lewis in the AAF studio and and uh, when Stiz, Stiz was assistant producer on the old show, and it just reminded me about how great he was. An like, original. Just a great guest. So, All right, we are at Fort Myers. We've got to take a break. Okay. We will get to the rest of the news, including the dumbest of the day, coming up next, and then we will be joined here this morning by Nick Pavetta, at 8 as we bring you all of the spring training excitement from Fort Myers on Boston Sports Original WEEI. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Alex Cora, the manager of the Boston Red Sox, joined us here at the ballpark during the at the tail end of the six o'clock hour. If you missed it, a reminder that you can go back right back on the Odyssey app and listen to Alex Cora and what he had to say this morning. Um, you can go back if you missed yesterday and Liam Hendricks. You can go back and listen to that. And uh, I, if you have yet to download the Odyssey app, you should. And it's real simple. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y. And then you can listen to us from anywhere at any time. Good morning and hello to those who are watching the show on YouTube or on Twitch from Fort Myers. And go to just go to Twitch and follow W-E-E-I. And we'll be joined here momentarily by Nick Pavetta at 8. Famous um, Nick Pavetta interview at Springfield last year. Nick Pavetta and I went at it on the pitch clock. Oh, oh okay. So, all right. Part He's a big two. pitch clock guy. Hates uh, the pitch clock. Oh, okay. Guy. All right. Well, so. we'll see. Uh, we'll see how he feels when reunited with you momentarily. He has uh, to keep his answers under thirty seconds. Okay. All right. Uh, but Bert, right now, back to Courtney and the rest of the news. Uh, the now infamous Kansas City fan, Chief Saholic, yeah, <laughs> is now facing up to fifty years in prison after he pled guilty in federal court yesterday to charges related to a string of. 11 robberies in seven states. We did this story in the news when it broke. Yeah. Uh, uh, that yeah. he was connected to all these robberies. Right. But what everybody He's is, a guy. He's like very well known when it yeah, comes to fans a face. who dress up. He's like the number one 
Uh, Chiefs Hardell. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but everybody is talking about his lawyer yeah. today uh, and what he had to say uh, to media after the hearing. Here is his attorney, Matthew Merriman. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, and admitted what he had done. Now, if I know anything about Xavier, and if the Chief's Kingdom knows anything about Chief Saholic, we know that he doesn't give up. We know that if he stumbled and he fell, he didn't let his knee touch the ground. And that's because he's capable of doing a great thing. And he knows that there's still hope. We still have a lot of work to do on his case, but Xavier wants everyone to know that he loves the Chief's Kingdom, he loves Kansas City, and he hopes that you'll rally to his support. Thank you and God bless. Guy needs uh-huh. to be guy needs to be disbarred immediately. Like pulling I, up I, the hot streets. Is, that, is he a real lawyer or is did he get him out? Of, where did they find? Is he, does he have late night commercials? Uh, or, idea. I, we, uh, ever since Larry got his judgeship, yeah, we're missing an asking attorney. Oh yeah, we'll have that guy do it. Love it. Yeah, what he's pulling there? at the hot strings though. What better way as a as a lawyer than to get to the people's feelings? Yeah. But what do they have to rally behind? This guy pled guilty to eleven robberies. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Go you. Uh, yeah. Get him out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. A snowboarder was enjoying his day shredding in Utah. Wiggy, you can relate to the shred <laughs> of can. a mountain. Yeah. Um, when all of a sudden a homeowner showed up on the mountain with a shotgun, right. I believe that Brian is showing this for those on Twitch right now. Mm. Um, we can hear what the back and forth was about the shotgun. The homeowner said he was on private property. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. This is private property. Do it again, there'll be holes. I'm not doing it again. I'm sorry. I have every right to protect my private property. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. There was no signs. I didn't see a sign. Whoa. That's a good ender. Shotgun pointed right at me. Hell ain't going to save me from no shotgun. This is my last run on my trip. Right. About to get blown to smithereens. <laughs> See, like that guy should be thrown in jail. That was, a, the shotgun. Like, that was an instant buzzkill for that dude, uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for, for those, for the boarders. Uh, it's on a world? snowboard and you yeah. go outside with a shotgun? <laughs> Talk about a redneck uh, hillbilly. <laughs> right. You're on my property now. But that's where we are. We're zero to 100 in no time. Right. You don't get off my property, I'm going to put a hole in you and that snowboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can get to dumbest of the day. Love it. Stop being dumb. And now, this woman is stone cold dumb. I'm a dumbass. The dumbest of the day. Try again, dumbass. All right, Curtis, we listened to everything that has gone on for the last bunch of hours, and we have determined that this may have been the dumbest of the day. Okay, well, Willie's chocolate experience was touted online in Mm. Glasgow, Scotland. As a homage and experience in honor of Roald Dahl's book where you would go and have an immersive experience, which included a uh, just bizarre online experience, like the description. Yeah. They said there would be whimsical performances and surprises at every turn as part of a celebration of chocolate in all its delightful forms. But the website... So they were... were 
they were touting this thing as an immersive <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory experience for families when kids love the book. Exactly. Right. Okay. But the all website right. had all of these misspellings. It was clear this event was some nonsensical parody. So it was half-assed? It was half-assed, okay. and it was 35 pounds a person yeah. to attend the event. But what they but when they arrived, they said it was shockingly unlike anything that was described online. And Brian has the, the clips for this for Twitch, I believe, so yeah. get those up because it is actually, it looks like a horror film walking <laughs> through. Uh, like, it would it would scare kids okay. going through this. Didn't they well, say it was like the Firefly Festival? That, <laughs> so, the, they, so they missed the mark a little bit, basically, on providing the immersive Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory experience. Yeah, they said it was scarring the kids. There was yeah. an actor who was hired to, to operate at this thing as an Oompa Loompa, wow. and that she had a 15-page script <laughs> that was similar to a horror film that wow. she was asked to portray. Yeah, that's not right. Uh, that is uh, That doesn't seem right. to be right. Such a great yeah. movie, too. But, but I have to say, I don't know if you guys know this, I have a son, and um, when you are a dad in the winter... And you see anything that says immersive for kids, you do it. You do it. (laughs) If you can get an hour out of that day, it's worth its weight in gold. How was your Disney on Ice experience? Oh, let me just just say this. Um, It was okay. James was a little bit. It was not highbrow enough because the actual people (laughs) on the ice weren't performing. They were just skating. Oh, I thought they would like sing and all that. But the concessions at the garden. Are an abomination. Okay. Okay. I hadn't been in a while. Okay, whatever. One slice of Sal's pizza, mm-hmm. which Bergie, let's go, man. We'll, we'll have a little more sauce in that puppy. Okay. One, three chicken tender and fries, mm-hmm. a Diet Coke, and a bottle of water. 35 bucks. $43. <gasps> and you know who's right? Christian Fourier. His moonshot about the gratuity when you're checking out and everything. So I'm talking to a guy, listens to the show. I'm checking out, and it says gratuity. I have to give a gratuity. Because right. he's a listener. So yeah. it's 12% yeah. on top uh. of, like, the most obscene. Like, I'm sorry. I understood the beer. Like, when you would go to Fenway, and I'd get a couple beers, and they pour it properly. You give them a tip because that requires some skill. If it's a crappily poured beer, you're only getting, you know, $8 worth of your $14, 16-ounce beer. This, they literally grab the slice of pizza mm-hmm. and hand it to you, and it costs an additional six bucks. Yeah, it's guilt tipping. Right. We've, we've, we've ca- people are, I think people are reaching their tipping point mm-hmm. when it comes to having being guilt, it, guilted into tipping yep. uh, at every single experience that is. And, and also, like it used to be, if you were using, nobody uses cash anymore. So if you're using cash, me personally, I would just leave them, you know, you're buying something for eight dollars, you give them the ten, they keep the change. Yeah. Now the only option is like the, the minimum option is twenty percent. Right. And they're right there looking at you. Yes, they it. are. And so and I They're always, angry if you're not gonna tip. Yeah, I'm a sucker too, because sometimes I feel bad hitting the one way to the left. I always go center. Yeah. Which is like the twenty percent tip. All right, Curtis, thank you. Thank that's you. that's the dumbest of the day. We are at JetBlue Park, sun is coming out, and we will be joined by Nick Pavetta of the Boston Red Sox. Next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Morning training on WEEI. The Greg Hill Show live from JetBlue Park for spring training brought to you by McFarland Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Easter Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlandEnergy.com by the E.L. Harvey companies, including Nosset Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash, co- trash collection and recycling providers, and by Aviva Trattoria, uh, Italian-inspired, locally made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients, and by Shaw's and Star Market, Perfect the art of fresh and with us here this morning at the ballpark it's nick pavetta nick thanks for coming up thanks for doing the show no problem thanks for having me we interrupt your morning routine i no, uh, okay no, not at all nice little <laughs> drive to work nice sun okay. coming up a little coffee all right what are you driving down here you got a rental or um i just actually just bought a 2020 range rover my um, 2017 jeep grand cherokee died the other day okay tough tough day for me yeah um, i had that car since i uh Actually made it to the big leagues in 2017. Really? So, yeah. So was, are you going to keep it? Like uh, this, I don't a... know what I'm going to do with it yet. <laughs> okay. Got to figure that out. But you name it. Was it? A tough, tough. No, I didn't name it. It's just oh. a good car. Good <laughs> right. Quality. You should give it, it to one of the younger guys. Right. No, no, the engine's completely gone. <laughs> <laughs> Drove that thing all over the country. <laughs> nice upgrade, Jeep the Ranger. Over. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. Um, yeah, a- AC was on. Alex Cora was on earlier, saying you guys are there's some sort of new conditioning program thing that's going on here in the in the mornings. I don't know if you're. Uh, participating in that you look like you're in great shape. Um, so you I, know i i've over the years i've developed you know what's what's been good for me um i mostly do my conditioning at the end of the day but typically t- typically this time you know get to the baseball park um you know do your mobility go to the training room get ready for the day um i saw you say recently that it's time for me to be the player i know i can be mm-hmm. and the player everyone expects me to be mm-hmm. what do you, what do you mean by that um, you know, I think I, I hold myself to high expectations, you know, um, got moved to the bullpen last year, wasn't ideal, but made the most of the situation, um, learned a lot from the situation, had a lot of fun playing baseball at the same time. And, um, you know, was able to kind of reinvent myself, tweak some things, but as what I expect myself to be, you know, 33 starts, 200 innings, see where the strikeouts lie, um, you know, setting the standard for the staff. And that's what I believe I can be. Lou Merloni called you a werewolf this off season <laughs> okay. with changing how you were at the end of last season going into this one. Said that you put in all the hard work, said that you were miles ahead of everybody else mm-hmm. in your preparation for the start of this season. What has this off season looked like for you? And do you do you feel that? Do you feel like you've come into your own going into starting day? Um, you know, I think that the work that I put together this off season was constructive and it was I had a good base going from the second half last year. Um I Work down at Cressy's, uh, uh, his gym down in uh, West Palm. I do a separate weight program, but just being around baseball players, being in that atmosphere all offseason long gets me in the right headspace. And I started throwing uh, live BPs, uh, had two live BPs, two or three, before I ca- uh, showed up to uh, spring training. Were you surprised with uh, the Chris Sale move? Uh, it was a little uh, a little surprising for me, but, you know, he's got himself in a really good situation over there in Braves. Um, we also got Juan Grissom, who's a tremendous second baseman. I think he's got really good upside. He works really hard, shows up to the baseball park every single day. He wants to play, he wants to win, and he's really competitive with himself and with everybody else. And so, 
It's an inter- interesting toss-up, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, Chris helped me a, a lot in the three years uh, that we had together, and he's a good friend of mine. But you know, I want his, I want what's best for him and what's best for us too. And you know, I think the situation worked out very well. Hopefully, you didn't take any of his advice on cycling. <laughs> no, I, no. I, I'll make sure I wear a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 Mick. When when you look at these seasons, baseball seasons, they're so long, and and it seems like an important time is always the beginning of the season, trying to get out to a hot start, and the advantage they say is is it with the hitters the, the 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 batters what's the thing that you kind of focus on especially you need to focus on getting into this season this year to make sure you're doing everything that you can for that that starting rotation to get off to that hot start yeah i mean i think for me it's not starting the year like i started last year i mean it wasn't the best i think everybody knows that but still went out competed through five six innings every single time um you know, I think we have. I think from the years, what I can see is pitchers maybe have a little bit more of an advantage, especially in the colder weather. You know, in the beginning of the year, now guys are getting a lot better. But you know, it's just setting that foundation, getting you know the innings up, kind of getting into your rhythm, getting back into what it's like playing in front of thirty thousand, forty thousand people, with the hours that we stay up and the travel, and then kind of just coasting it out. I think that we have really good potential to start out in in a decent spot and you know i think it's going to come down to every player in that clubhouse and i think we're very much capable of that has has the 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 quality start changed over the years in baseball we had alex cora and 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 i remember as a kid watching baseball it seemed like pitches would consistently go seven innings now it seems like a quality start if you can get to five we'll take it but sometimes even if you get to four it's is has that changed through the years of baseball in the minds of of pitchers um i can't speak for everybody it hasn't changed for me personally i know what a quality start is i know that i need to pitch six innings or more every single time i know i need to give especially being the bullpen i we need to make sure that we protect them as much as possible because they come in such huge situations for us whether you know we're, th- we're within one run or there's runners on or you know it's a close baseball game so as much as we can protect those guys out there they can come in for us at, as best they can every single time i think that's what it's about i think it's protecting each each player and giving them a good situation to come in and a good situation where they can succeed in it's a lot more fun coming into a baseball game in the seventh inning with a two-run lead with nobody on than coming in in the sixth inning with one out and runners on second and third and you're down by one run from the outside looking in last season, it seemed like there was some frustration within the clubhouse. Has any of that transferred over, or was that, or were we buying into something that wasn't actually going on? Yeah, I would say that. I think as a whole, as a clubhouse, every player showed up every single day ready to grind, ready to go, ready to play baseball. Um, it's an extremely hard game to play. You know, Obviously, when the chips aren't in our favor, things aren't going great. It's not ideal, but we still stay strong and together and lean on each other. We still get to go out and play baseball every single night. We get to play in front of fans. We get to bring that experience to everybody, and I don't think anybody ever took that for granted. Um, we still go out. Everybody grinded um, really, really hard this off season. Got better. Guys showed up ready to go. You know, in good shape. You know, we're really excited for this year and last year's behind us. It's what's 2024 is going to be, but nobody ever gave up on any situation on that team last year. Not, it doesn't seem, didn't seem like to us giving up, but it seemed more like two years ago, Mm -hmm. there was a frustration at deadline time where you guys 
did you feel like you guys were saying we need some help and we want you to get it? And last year, kind of a similar situation. Is that frustrating? As and how do you overcome that? If yeah. it is, um, I think it bands us together. We have the the men in that room, and it just goes. This is on us, and this is what it's going to be. I mean. Are there situations where we could where we could have added? Yes, but that's out of our control. Those that's the front office. That's their you know their job. That's what they get paid for. Us, we get paid to show up at seven o'clock every single night and give everything we have in the field, and everything else falls to the wayside. Curtis has one for you. So Nick, uh, speaking of showing up at seven o'clock, that's not going to be an issue now that Purdue goes a Yankee. Everybody will be there on time. <laughs> that's a low blow. That's that's real low. No comment. No comment. Uh, uh, is from a from a leadership perspective, um, you end up with some guys who have not been up with the club or are new to Boston. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at yourself since you've been here for a while now as kind of uh, an opportunity to take that leadership role with this with this problem. Um, yeah, but I think from more it's lead by example. Just try to do the right things. Um, you know, guys are very capable of taking care of themselves. You know, help when help is wanted. Um, leadership when leadership is needed. Um, everybody's capable. I also have Rafi here with me. I have Trevor. I have uh, Chris Martin. I have Kenley Jansen, Lucas New New Edition. You know, we have a good stable set of guys and you know rob redsire's helped help a lot he's had a lot of experience in his lifetime and we have um some younger guys that are coming into their own uh, you know tanner howe garrett whitlock um even bayo i know he's young but he's very very advanced for his age um cutter crawford i think did i say cutter Christ? no okay. no cutter yeah um those guys are you know they're going into their arbitration years um and it's exciting for them and you know they're all going to take a step forward so i think it's Everybody is an equal. Just helping guys with, you know, who have a little bit more time, you know, in their career, what it's like in that point of their career as well. Advantage for this team starting on the road on the West Coast as opposed to balmy Boston, Massachusetts in April? <laughs> I'm, I'm quite excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It gets also a long West Coast trip out of the way. You know, the time change will be okay. won't be too bad because we're still waking up in the mornings and doing stuff like that. Um, I'm excited to go to Seattle. My family's going to be out there. I like I like a West, West Coast start. It's not too bad. The addition of Netflix cameras this season, mm-hmm. it'll add a different type of element for all of you guys. Are the players excited about it? it? Does it change the way that you think of this season? Does it add more pressure on you guys to perform? Um. You know, I, I think that would be the thought, but, you know, I think there's so many cameras nowadays. There's so many different social media things. Guys are doing their own YouTubes. Guys are doing everything. And, you know, I think it's just like a natural kind of transition into what the game has become. And, you know, it doesn't really put a whole lot of extra pressure on us. We have been pretty cordial with everything. Greg has been, um, the director has been really honest and upfront. And, you know, I think a lot of the guys are just used to it now. Obviously, yeah, we want to we want to perform. I think that would be really really fun. I think it would be really exciting, um, you know, to put a, a winning season, a, a good season out there for that. But it's more about just getting to know the players and what it's like to from that perspective of what's it's like to go through 162 from our family side. You know, travel, the training staff, the strength staff, coaching staff, front office staff. So I think it's going to be a very interesting project. But yeah, I would be lying saying we don't want to put together a good season. Of course mm-hmm. we do, but that's not our. That's not where the focus is. We're just going to go out there and do our thing. Liam Hendricks was on here yesterday, going on and on about how great Australian music is. <laughs> So I guess I would ask, as a Canadian, single greatest Canadian musical artist of all time, in, in your mind, I know I know who mine is, but I want to hear. Um, <laughs> that's a really really tough question. Um, what is the lead singer of Rush? 
What is it? Oh, my God. (laughs) Wrong answers only. Nick. (laughs) Rush is the single worst musical artist in the history. And that's your opinion. In the history of music. Nick Pavetta, I liked you so much before this. (laughs) So Rush would be your guy. I I, I do enjoy myself some Rush time to time, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Some of their songs are longer than a baseball game. It's a story story to be told. It's a story to be told, and I think it's an interesting. I thought he was going to say Drake, but... I love Drake. I think Drake's great, but I, yeah. know, I think just the classic of Rush and I think the storytelling that they have is very unique. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bieber, oh. Celine Dion. Yeah, yeah, there's some really good, really I, good. But do you have like a, don't like they Gordon, have a, Gordon Lightfoot is my guy. Okay, yeah, topical. Don't when your age. I'm also old, way out of I'm my way out of my realm. I probably couldn't even think of half the music musical in, or uh, people from Canada. Right do now. do yeah. pitches get walk up music too? Like hit us? So do you guys <laughs> yeah, have to yeah. pick them? Yeah, we we have our we have our walk up songs. So yeah. so so who? Do you so use? last last year last year was an interesting one for me. Um I th- I forget what I th- I think I went with Kid Cudi to start with at the, right. at the beginning of the year, but then I went to uh, Boozy at at the end. Okay, of the year. yeah, yeah, I was, like that. Uh, we, it was kind of like a clubhouse thing. We all just kind of got into a zone, and I like to pick music not only for me but for my teammates too all as right. well. So it gets us all going. All right, King Vaughn's a good one now. Yeah. One of the, mm-hmm. one of the things we love about you, not your your choice of music, but, uh, <laughs> is is your intensity. Mm-hmm. Do you lose that a little bit when you're not starting? Like, was it was it hard for you last no, year to have that? No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, it was the same, same, same type of intensity for me coming out of the bullpen as it was for me starting. Um, I just love to compete. I want to be ego side. I want to be the best on the field at all times, and I want to be the best version of myself for my teammates. Um, and that's what it takes to to be in this game. Is you know. There's a finite of time in this game. I've gotten called up, sent down, um, demoted, everything, and I've never taken a moment for granted. And I love to play this game. I love to play this game for Boston, but I love to play this game, and I know how fortunate I am to play this game. Um, so the intensity is never going to get turned down. If anything, it's going to get turned up even more. Um, and just the pure excitement, just the gratitude for getting to play is what really gets me going. Speaking of Boston, you know these fans. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what they want, mm-hmm. and they're very vocal about it. Um, and I think they've been, you know, as some of them are saying, all right, we've been waiting for some sort of a splash. There wasn't a splash. What do you, what do you say to those guys? Cause you've been around this team. You, you, you've seen the young guys so far. Like what, um, what, what do you say to those? Yeah. Fans? For, from my perspective, I think we're very capable of putting together a winning baseball team. I think there's a lot of really great talent. I think we have a, a really good set of a veteran leadership that guys have experience. Um, you know, I think we're going to go out there and show what we have, and we're going to have to win baseball baseball games and, and put together the season that we want to put put together. And we need to prove it to them. But at the end of the day, at the end of the year, when we're hopefully holding up a World Series trophy, we did this all by ourselves as a group with everybody saying that we can't. And I think that's a cool moment as well. I think you know, you see, you know teams that you know oh they're supposed to win the world series they're supposed to play this way they're supposed to be it's just as fun coming from a place of oh these guys aren't going to be that team they have no chance and then see where we're at the end love it mm-hmm. all right nick pavetta thanks for taking the time this morning thank Go. you guys very much for having me it was a lot of fun all right awesome we'll, we'll get to some live rush coming up next for you. <laughs> sounds like a great idea <laughs> no, not, not, not in any way shape or form all right that is nick pavetta we are at JetBlue park Day number two of our spring training shows, and coming up at 8.30, we'll talk with Mike Milbury um, on the Boston Bruins, and Lou Morloney will join us here at 9. Right now, Courtney, and what is trending this hour? 
The Rich Keefe Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Timeout Market. The Sox fell to the Nationals yesterday 4-3. Josh Winkowski got the start. He went two innings where he didn't give up a single run. Another one for the Sox today. They have the Tigers right here at JetBlue Park at 105. We've got Will Fleming and Lou Maloney on the call on the Shaws and Star Market. WEEI Red Sox Network. You can listen to that on EEI 850 or, as always, on the Odyssey app. The Bruins in action tonight. They have Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights in town. Puck drop is at 7. And that was brought to you by Timeout Market Boston with 14 unique food concepts, some of Boston's top chefs, two bars with a wide selection of craft cocktails, wines of the New England's top local brews, plus lots of events happening too. Timeout Market Boston showcases the best of the city under one roof. That is what's trending. Here's Curtis with your weather. 30 degrees at home. It's cold. It is day number two at JetBlue Park, Fenway South, and spring training. And we were joined moments ago by Nick Pavetta. We can get any and all nuggets in a, in a minute. Uh, earlier this morning on the show, tail end of the 6 o'clock hour, Alex Cora on the show. If you missed that, then a reminder that you can always go back on the Odyssey app and listen to what Alex Cora had to say in its entirety. So if you if you haven't downloaded the app yet, you should, because you can go back and listen to anything that you may have missed at any time at your convenience. And Chime uh, just tweeted out some breaking news that uh, Nick Pavetta, now Ken Laird's favorite Red Sox player. Really? Uh, yes. And- for his love of Rush. Uh, the, oh, oh yeah. He is yeah. also becoming a fast favorite in the Twitch uh for his handsomeness. Really? Okay. Yes, okay. That Mickey Nick Pavetta, okay. All right. It's a man. Great. Right. Wiggy, what do you think? <laughs> I think he was I think he was a very good dude. Why well, yeah. did you find him handsome? I like the fact that he went with Boozy on did his you, uh, Did you find him to be a, an attractive man? I like his music choices uh-huh. for his walk. It's okay to say another man is handsome. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, I know you have an issue with that. I have no I liked your gray I, shirt last night at dinner. I thought I, it was very I, nice I, on you. It's fine to say that another man is good looking. It is not my it's not my um roll or I'm, pot <laughs> to talk about another man's That's, looks. I, I, that is just hey look we found a subject Wiggy doesn't want to expound upon. <laughs> I mean I mean you get very uncomfortable. No, I, I, maybe I, he, I, I, listen, I, I don't know his uh his status on I, Facebook. I, I understand that. He's uh, married. But, but maybe he's, he does he's, well with the ladies. He's married, married. He's a married man. Oh, but, so clearly he did uh, well uh, with a lady. Uh, yes he does. Yeah, so. <laughs> yes he does but uh, yeah. very as Courtney points out very good looking man. Very, very good looking. Very handsome. Very nice gentleman. Canadians are always kind. Yes yes He's a uh, razor. Canadians only have positive stereotypes. It's kind of funny. Um, but the the biggest takeaway, huge nugget, a la Major League, if we hoist the World Series trophy, quote, we did this without help. We did this all ourselves. Mm, yes. Yes. He told you guys that a lot of the media narratives were false, and maybe they were, mm. but they are... They hear the expectations, and yeah. they see the lack of investment. He, I mean, he looked almost surprised when I brought up the frustration of the end of last season. You looked at that team last season and the way that they spoke mm-hmm. to media or the way that they dealt with themselves during games. Yeah. That was a frustrated team. He went out of his way to say that it was uh, manufactured, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, media, talk radio, Red Sox podcast thing. I, I mean, I... You know, I take I you take him at his word on that. I feel like he thinks, and I you know everybody, even with uh, Liam Hendricks and um, Alex Cora, to a certain extent, it's them against the world. You, yeah. you know, no one, no one, ex- they all know that no one expects them to do anything. You know, finishing last place again, and so they're going with that approach. Is, and being a former athlete, I mean, it, that sometimes is a motivating thing. And the dynasty docu series taught me one thing. 
everything we speculate about is actually worse than we think it is in real time. All the storylines that you think are there because of the human emotions, how you would react, Courtney, if somebody said you couldn't do something. Mm -hmm. It's the way they react because they're humans. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, it's just the way we would. Usually how you think they would react is how they feel. Yeah, and they and they and you know the great thing about you know society and and us being who we are is we all react differently, right? And that's the thing, you know, is is that every person reacts differently. So that's their approach this year. So let's see now if they can do that on the field. Yeah, I mean, I the argument always is, and you you say it from time to time is what else are guys going to say? So mm-hmm. we spend you know a good part of our time interviewing. Uh, whether it's you know Patriots coaches and quarterbacks or Red Sox pitchers and managers and what, but they, I mean, I, I they do seem to be upfront and honest when they when they say that they're going into this believing that they have a chance to be competitive in the most competitive division in Major League Baseball. So yeah, and I, and and that's why I I don't like like I said, I, as just a fan of baseball, it seems like. It's not the team with necessarily the biggest names and best talent. Like, you could do it in basketball. You might be able to get away with it. You could maybe do it in, in hockey if you have a you know a handful of talented players. Uh, you could get away with it in football. But it seems like in baseball, it doesn't necessarily need that. If you get a hot pitching staff that comes out and they're throwing the ball well, and you fix the problem when it when, when it comes to defense last defense, year, which, right. which Alex Cora is said this morning on this show he's well aware of and put it on himself. Because they always uh, hit the ball well, right? They always hit the ball well. And what did uh, Le- Liam Hendricks tell us? That they they have the advantage, the pitchers, because if he throws 10 pitches, he can throw. You know, so I, I guess maybe if you're starting rotation, and even Alex Cora talked about it, they feel confident that they have a really, really good bullpen. It's really, and that's why I asked them, has the change of the quality start, the way fans view it or even front office people view it, has it gone away from, like, seven innings is what you need to be as a starter? Is it now? Well, like- yeah, that, I mean, that's that passed a while ago. Like, I, I think, uh, yeah. Right. I mean, I think the exp- – if you get – I mean, I was I was pleasantly surprised to hear Nick Pavetta say he wants to get at least six in. Right. So – um. He, yeah. All right. Well, we are at JetBlue Park, and time to talk a little hockey with Mike Milbury. Brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh by FindMassMoney.gov. By Timeout Market, Boston's best eating and drinking destination in the Fenway, all under one roof. TimeoutMarket.com. Also by John Sewer, the name to know when your drains don't flow. And he joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey, Mike. Good morning. How are you? I think Wiggy's very good looking. Uh, I agree. See? I'm not afraid it, to say it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, uh, yes. and speaking of earlier on the show, Mike, Wiggy made it clear the shoe is the first sign of a felon. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. obviously yeah. acted that out. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> guilty as charged. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Well, um, were you disappointed with this road trip for the Boston Bruins, Mike Milbury? It's it's hard not to be disappointed if you're a fan of this team. They um, lost leads late. They uh, had guys that were missing meetings, which is not a good sign. And they gave up a, a bunch of quality. Ch- they gave up a lot of quality chances, and they've been leaning on their goaltenders. As a, you just you don't have to know the stats. You just watch the game, and you'll see they give up a whole ton of 
quality chances, and the goaltenders have been bailing him out, but not not enough to get him in the win column, just enough to get him to overtime where they haven't been very successful. Been around the game for a long time as a player and a coach and a GM. Uh, is when a team is blowing consistently or repeatedly third period leads, what does that say to you about that hockey club? I think it probably says that there's, you know, well, first of all, I think it's pretty clear now with Lindholm out, with Greslick out, with Forbert, you know, in and out of the lineup, and not 100% when he's in the lineup, that, that their defense needs some shoring up. And uh, they need to have some confidence and go after it. I, I, I saw where the coach had mentioned that he needs his team to be a lot more aggressive in the later stages of the game. And it really is death if you start to sit back and let the play come to you. Uh, when you have a one goal lead, you have to you have to get after it. You have to try to strike aggressively and offensively. And if you but if you sit back, uh, you're inviting danger. Mike Jake DeBrusque told media that he hasn't had any uh, conversations with the Bruins about any type of extension yet. Uh, as we get closer to March eighth, what would you do with Jake DeBrusque? Do you think that his underperformance has dealt him the cards that he has right now? I think he's put himself in the mix of trade bait. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep... We've talked about this a lot, and I don't want to go down this hole too much, but I, I, Ulmark is a guy that has one more year on his contract. It's a lot safer to trade a guy like him now and DeBrusque with, you know, with some youth on his side. Those two guys are the chips that you'd have to dangle. Now, can they make something happen with those two chips? I'm not... 100% sure, but it's it's pretty clear to me that if they haven't really had any serious discussion or made any serious movement towards a contract extension, extension for DeBrusque, that they probably are not thinking that he's worth what? I guess he's making $4 million now. Is mm-hmm. he going to ask for $6 million or $6.5 million? Is an unrestricted free agent. He's got some leverage. Uh, i got to think that those two guys are the chips that they can dangle. They don't have enough in terms of draft picks. They they have all sorts of money concerns in terms of the cap. Uh, not a lot of people in the pipeline that are are going to dangle in front of somebody and, and get some real return. So those are the two guys, if you're going to make a major change, um, would be, I think, the, the pieces that, that you could move in and probably get some interest. When we say major change, can you get – a significant impact player based on your restrictions salary cap wise you know well between the two of those guys that we just talked about that's about 9 i think about 9 million dollars and so you could free up some 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 cash in that regard but the question is um the goalie markets are weird market. You know, you never know what people are thinking, and they're always looking to find a goaltender that comes out of the blue. But you got a young player like DeBrusque, who, if you think you can make him uh, consistently a, a top six forward, is a, is an interesting piece. So uh, I think that those guys would be for me the people that I would shop around and see what comes of it. Maybe nothing. And again. We look at the standings, and despite the fact that they, you know, they won one game on the road trip, um, they picked up points in a bunch of games, and and uh, are still right at the top of the Eastern Conference pack. So um, they could sit tight and see what happens with it. Or, but I think in that case, 
you're looking at DeBrusque as a totally free agent and, and maybe walking out the door without anything in return. That's another concern, not just that you want to shore up your team, but you don't want to give up an asset and get nothing nothing back for it. Mike, you talked about the aggressiveness in games, especially like if you have a goal lead. And I would imagine that it's on the coach that is really the message deliverer. And when you have you know goalies that are playing really well, maybe you get into this this comfort zone of not wanting to be aggressive. What does Montgomery need to do as a coach to say, okay, I have to break that kind of um, – I have to break away from that, even though I know I got good goalies trying to protect leads, where I have to be a little bit more aggressive to grow leads. What does that message have to be for himself when he looks himself in the mirror as a coach? You know what? He mentioned it uh, a few days ago that perhaps he was going to the same well a little too often. Um, when you start using your top line or top two lines too frequently, almost inviting a lack of confidence among the, the lower six forwards. You know, he's got he's to trust in his third and fourth lines to get out there. I mean, they're only playing 12 minutes a game, and that's, that's, they should have plenty in the tank to be able to go after it off, uh, offensively late, late stages of the game. Not recklessly, but, you know, I think most third and fourth lines are pretty responsible. And I think that's the case here. And I think he's got to employ them more often so that they have, you know, they got energy in the tank and let, let's use it. Don't, don't rely on the top six forwards as frequently as, as he's told me that he's, he's been doing. Give those guys in the back end some confidence and a chance to prove that they belong. Mike, the other day, Kevin Paul DuPont reported that the Bruins are increasing ticket prices 10% across the board in what they call the blended increase how, it's my belief that they keep pricing out fans. I don't know. Obviously, that's the way of the world. I love capitalism. But what do you make of the uh, the latest price increase from the uh, Boston Bruins? Well, it doesn't surprise you, does it? I mean, if they can get it, they're going to ask for it. Ten uh, percent is a pretty good whack. I mean, it's everything else is going up exponentially. I guess they can charge this, and I, I think they. Have, I don't know how many sellouts they've had over the last ten years. I mean, almost. Every game has been a sellout, so it's not like the market's not there, but it's, um, you know, 10% is 10%, and it's a, it's a lot. But that's this this ownership group has proven in the past that they if they can get it, they'll, they'll ask for it. And so 10% doesn't, doesn't shock me, although in this day and age, it seems like an, a, a big ask. Shime, I don't know if Mike heard your lead or not, but... Uh... Uh, did, you, did you catch Shime's lead? I know. I didn't. I you, didn't. Sorry. Um, yeah. It's fine. Uh, it's not, sometimes you come right at him, and I know that you that you uh, that you disagree. But uh, he, Shime, you're essentially saying this is a rebuild year. Stand pat and do nothing, and uh, get yourself to next season. Well, yeah, right? it's 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 a reset year. I don't like necessarily like the word rebuild because I think rebuild is a multi year thing. So reset year in that like. You need to reset your cap space, and you're right up against it right now, so it makes it difficult to make moves. You don't have a first-round pick to move as well, so you're really kind of lacking in the whole trade capital outside of the goalie, which, as Mike pointed out, is a fluctuating market. So to me, it's a, you know, Sweeney has been aggressive at other deadlines. This isn't a time to be aggressive. It's a time to kind of reset and and prepare for the offseason and then really kind of send it in 2024-25. Uh, so he's a what wave do you do the white flag. He's, yeah, he's going to wave the white no, what, you can't wave the white flag. That's not acceptable. <laughs> I'm, it's but not a wave the you, white flag you, thing. It's it's 
It's hope that these guys continue to play above expectation because if they don't, then the, the aggressive trade is pointless anyways. Okay, tell me what you're going to do with Jake DeBrus. Are you going to sign him to a five-year contract at $6 million? Or are you no. Gonna, no, okay, so so then you have to move him, don't you? You have to get something for this asset. Sure. And the like, same's true with Allmark. One year away from total free agency, and and he's got some value. Won the Vezina Trophy last year. I think you got to go shopping these guys big time. But there's beyond those two people, there's not much. There's not much in the cupboard. Sure, and and with Olmark, you like you said, you have a little time there, so you could always theoretically move him in the off season or halfway through next season. And with DeBrusque, I mean, yeah, you can move him, but what are you going to get in return for just Jake DeBrusque? Again, you don't have the draft capital to get something better than Jake DeBrusque in return. You could get an asset that's about equal, but I, I don't really know what that does for you. Or you can get a draft pick, and then you're a seller, and that's kind of not necessarily what I would do. I just don't. I I don't know what the the return could be because I'm not on the phone with other general managers at this time. But if you have a a, a guy that's the age of DeBrusque and and has proven that he can score some goals at least in chunks, and Allmark who's proven that he can he can carry a team for long stretches of of, of a time, um, to me that's got to generate some interest. I don't know what the yield is, but certainly they could help, they could use some help on the blue line and they could use some help with some more scoring. Debrusque has got like one goal in thirteen games, I think it is, and that's that's not that doesn't qualify to me as a top six forward. Although other people might assess him in a different fashion. Mike, as we approach the trade deadline, you are as well equipped as anybody on the planet to answer this. I would love to know who is the biggest shyster that you would talk to as a GM, <laughs> and that would would not ever you know meet their their their, their ask and. Is there a trade that you were ever close to consummating that still haunts you that you were unable to get done? You know, I, I actually had a deal with uh, Neil Smith from the Rangers. Rangers. And it was Rangers Islanders, which would have been, and it was for Ziggy Palfi, who was a pretty big name at the time. And uh, it, it actually got squelched by the owner of the Islanders at the time, whose name was Milstein. He was the... Fredo of ownership groups. <laughs> Mike Milbury, it's great talking. I wish you were here with us in Florida, but I know you're enjoying the Cape. So, well, uh, it'll it'll warm up soon for me. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I had a martini in your honor last night. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Have another one tonight. Okay, she will. It'll <laughs> actually be this afternoon. Um, all right, Mike Milbury, thank you. All right, have a good one, guys. Enjoy Florida. All right, we are in Florida, and we are at JetBlue Park, and we will be joined coming up at 9 by Lou Merloni, who has today's game with Will Fleming on the Shaws and Star Market Red Sox Radio Network on the Odyssey app and on your radio, and we'll be right back. 737, come on, water the sky. How is your relationship with Craig Breslow? It's good. It's good. Um, Be- was it, it better than that with Heim Bloom? Well, I had a good relationship with Heim. You, you know, did? Obviously. We speculated about that all the time. Yeah, I know. I know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, with, with him, you know, we obviously, like every relationship, you know, you're going to have disagreements. But uh, I, I think throughout the year, obviously, you, you don't agree with everything. But at the end of the day, you got to deal with the 26 guys that you dealt with, you know, yeah. and you have to do your job. And uh, it's, it's, it's ironic because the day before uh, the organization let him go, we had a two-and-a-half-hour two conversation about September, about the offseason, what we're going to do in spring training, and then that happened, you know. And with Craig, 
I played with him a little bit in uh, 07. He was part of uh, our team. Very, very bright individual, very smart. The pitching thing is real, you know, uh, and that's what I'm excited about the whole thing. I do believe that the pitching structure, the pitching philosophy is so much different than in the past, and we're going to take a step forward. That's Alex Cora on this show this morning here at JetBlue Park. And the pitching thing when it comes to Craig Breslow is real. So uh, that's uh, that's good news, right, mm-hmm. Curtis? Breslow yeah. buzz. Uh, there's, Palpable. There's a little buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Wiggy seems to be obsessed with the way. In the in ride which, home last night, uh, there was a lot of buzz. Uh, <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way in which the ballpark is being prepared yeah. uh, seems of, of extreme interest to you. It, uh, it is fascinating to, like, you know. To see, like, the little, like, integral pieces of they got cones out there and, like, how they're laying mm-hmm. the, the, the top down over here. It is Mowing fasc- the grass. Yeah, it is fascinating to see how, like... I mean, what is fascinating yeah, I don't about know it? if I would it, use that word. I, I, because I, I, there's somebody who... The, like played a professional sport and uh-huh. understands like the um, you know like the the turf <laughs> situations like to see how baseball players like certain things uh-huh. the vacuum that is being yeah, walked it, out right now because as a kid growing up you just played on whatever that the the field was but now it's like you know they got three cones they have the third baseline well, welcome to the bigs I mean that's yeah. the way it works Wiggy in general that's this the way it works you just saw the great Lou Merloni uh, pop his face onto Twitch. Do that again, Lou. They really, they really enjoyed that. They're loving. There he is. Uh, if you're watching this show on Twitch, you see Lou Merloni. He's doing the game today, and he'll join us momentarily on this show. And he's going to tell us which one of those cones is his favorite. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's just a weird thing. Wiggy's been obsessed with it for the last ten minutes. He's right. obsessed with that, and he's obsessed with Kristen Cavallari for some reason. Oh, so I don't. Uh, That's Jake I don't know. Cutler's ex-wife. Right? Uh, yes, correct. It, yes, and she's it, dating a 23-year-old uh, college football player who I, just graduated. Okay. I. Good for her, sure. If it was a guy, how old is she? She's thirty-seven. So he graduated from college in twenty twenty-three. Okay, uh, seems if fine he, to me. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is this is twenty twenty-four. I know, but uh, if it was if it was a guy in Kristen Cavallari's shoes who was doing the same exact thing, he would be getting dragged. I, I don't dragged. think so. Thirty-seven to no. a college grad isn't no. that she, crazy. No. She has three kids. So what? Okay, and. You, he's 23. It's almost eh? like stealing his youth. She doesn't want any more kids. I'm sure he's pretty happy with the yeah. situation. She's gorgeous. Like she doesn't look a day over 21. She's a babe. No one cares about that no more. No I one, think guy, people guy care about gal, it. it doesn't matter if you know. I mean, I mean, as long as they're over the age of 18, I don't yep, think people yep. give a damn. That's we're important. Talk, we're talking about somebody who's 37 <laughs> and somebody who's 20. That's actually relatively like close in age. I know. In the seaport, so. that's called the same age. <laughs> right. I think. I I think Courtney's issue is that he just graduated from college. Right. Like, you but, go to his Instagram account, and his uh, last, you know, three photos are him on the field. It, he went to, like, Montana or something playing college football. He is a smoke show. Like, good for her. I'm sure that they're having mind-blowing sex. But <laughs> it's just crazy to me when I think about Kristen Cavallari, who's a mother of three... <laughs> It, hooking up with this young kid, but what Courtney, I think I think Kristen Cavallari, because she was on a show as a teenager, 
feels like she's older than she really is, like right. Macaulay Culkin. Like, we've known about her for a long time. She feels to you older right. than she really is, is what you're saying. Right, like to us, like that we feel like right. she's been in the yeah. spotlight so long. Yes. But I was just got an idea. You said she's dating a recent college grad. Yeah. I know why Greg never finished high school. Because at some point, he's going to be a recent high school oh, grad. Oh, you're right. You're I, right. I, I, see you, good. I never thought of that. Chris, you are brilliant. I, I Greg like Hill, it. class of 2027. I, I like it. Billy Madison. <laughs> I listen, I think it's well documented. I'm for them streets. Right. Yep. <laughs> as as we, Winky's told me many times, I'm for them streets. And that Winky's was the told phrase me I'm boring. Yeah. That's Courtney what he told me as we were like, going home last what? night. What? Winky said, oh, well, Courtney's uh, boring. Courtney uh, would rather stay yeah, but home watch so. I don't mean it in like a negative way. How is boring ever? Yeah. A positive. Be- I'm saying you just like to do things. I- you like to go home and watch Netflix and just chill and watch docu-series right. and yes. things like rather than, you know, be outside or whatever. Before not- those. No, no, no. Before be- the not streets. Even- not even be for the streets, <laughs> but just be out. But people get so sensitive when you be like, oh. Well, I think you ca- – you- it was somewhat of an – it was an incident because you insulted her. I didn't and you insult said- her. Well, you said she's boring. I said she she's boring. <laughs> It's not an it's a defense it rest. Yeah. But it's okay. It's not you Because she it. said she likes so many documentaries and she doesn't really like to go out. But you're implying that she basically does nothing except well, She doesn't like to go out. I do like to go out, but sometimes I'd like to stay at home in my PJs right. and snuggle on the couch. So if you, the majority of time, you and Santo like to stay home. No, you told walk. me yesterday you think Santo's secretly for them streets. I was bu- busting your chalk. He is, I mean, he's always on guys' trips, though. Uh, yeah, he, he does goes. take a lot of guys' trips. Yeah. But I'm a I, cool wife. I feel like you and, <laughs> I feel like you and Santo, like, uh, weekend, let's just watch shows. No, that is wrong. I think you went though. so far as to say polite sex. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, don't don't say that. I, I, too I, don't, I don't even know what polite sex is. Right? Right. <laughs> You're just such a wild man. That bedroom is insane. Oh, my God. Anyway, can we get back to baseball? Please. Sports? All right. Um, I can't wait. Lou Morloney will join us next Lou. here uh, at JetBlue Park, uh, Fenway South on WEI. Today's show from JetBlue Park brought to you by McFarland Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Massachusetts and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlandEnergy.com by the E.L. Harvey companies, including Nosset Disposal and Mega Disposal, your local trash collection and recycling providers by Aviva Trattoria, Italian-inspired, locally made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients, and by Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. And with us now here at JetBlue Park, uh, as Lyndon Byers used to refer to him on the old show, it's Framingham's Lou Merlone. Ob, uh, what's up, Lou? How we doing? Welcome, happy huh. birthday, to LB. Fort Myers. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, oh, LB's a leap year. It? Yeah, it's LB's birthday today. Oh, happy yeah. birthday, LB. Yeah, happy birthday to LB. Good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah it's Good great to see you. to see you, Courtney. You look like you're on your way to the tennis club. Oh my gosh, I might go after. <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the I golf like, course. Wearing my whites. It's generally a club. They're they're always going to some sort of a private membership club the no. two of them. Oh, so, yeah, you yeah. know how that works <laughs> are you uh which do you prefer uh, you got the game today yeah uh do you prefer radio or tv have you decided yet i actually like doing the games doesn't matter no i mean i like yeah. doing the games it's funny because tv is more it's like a production right like someone's in your ear we're gonna go to this replay we're gonna come here we're gonna do an open we're gonna you know in radio it's just you just go you know what i mean there's yeah. none of that so it's just the fact that it's different so it's like if I do a week on radio, then a week on TV, and then a week on radio, the fact that it's different kind of 
I, I kind of like that like at times. It. Yeah. Have you no, got whether... your makeup down for TV? No makeup. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were on TV for like a minute 30 for the open, and then I don't think <laughs> we're ever on TV again. I'm like, yeah. everyone's like, well, yeah, we got to wear suits. I'm like, suits? I could wear a tank top right. and get away with it. You'd never see me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? I got to go suit piece? Right. I, I... You're the Italian McAfee. There you go. That why not? Right. <laughs> well, we had your guy Alex Cora on earlier this morning, and he yeah. sounds as he always does, yeah. uh, gung ho and ready to go. And um, I don't know. Is there? It seems like we've talked. A, there's a lot of frustration with this. I've heard you talk about it with Christian Foyer, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of frustration around when it comes to the lack of any. Uh, sizable commitment to uh, some sort of exciting free agent signing by this by this ball club, but um, you know baseball better than I. Uh, is there a chance that you can do it the way they want to do it this season in this division? Which is if is... everybody stays healthy, which never happens in baseball. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it's a lot like last year. Like last year, you, you had good players. There was a lot of things that went right. Like I mean, Turner, Casas, Bayo, Duran. Like you go the back end of the bullpen. There was surprises. Crawford threw the ball well, but there's it, the inevitable happens, and they don't have enough. Like they're just too thin. They'll be they'll be competitive, and then there'll be an injury or two, like last year, and you'll have a three and a half man rotation. You know, somebody like Duran goes down, and you go twelve and twenty four without him. You know, Casas goes down, the offense is over. So it's like that's kind of where you're at. You know, unfortunately, it's very similar to where you were last year. You have to. You have to stay healthy. If nobody gets hurt, yeah, they can stay in it, but you don't really see that. Why is it baseball in general? We were talking about this earlier. Is it baseball in general like a reaction to the revenue decline during the COVID year? Like wh- like what is what is the strategy? We we had Sam Kennedy on yesterday and mm-hmm. talked about this this being a break even business, I guess to summarize what he said. Um is the payroll goes from 225 million last year to a little over 200 million this year. What's the strategy there? That's a good question, and that's why this whole thing is confusing to me. It's the basically the untold truth here from ownership, and maybe it's just John Henry, is that he doesn't think they're good enough to win in this division. No, just period, or just in general. Okay, yeah. so it's not a reaction to the Orioles getting better, the division. No. Whatever. Okay, no, it's I don't think this group is ready to win. When the when I feel like the group is ready to win, we will spend. You know, and that's I don't know how else to take it. You know, we're waiting for the future. Sam yesterday talking about there will be a day again when we make the splash. Yeah, yeah. When he feels like maybe the couple of kids are also coming up and other guys have established themselves in this league, but if I'm a player, the message is clear. We don't believe in you guys enough to spend. And then in the very next breath, it's don't sleep on us. Yeah. You know, the very next breath, it might be like, you know, we've, you know, Bre- Breslow is kind of, you know, it's his job to make us competitive. Well, it's your job to help him make him competitive. And it's not really Sam or Tom. I almost feel like John's on a different thought process. I refuse to believe you come out and say full throttle without really thinking you're going to spend, as Tom Warner did. So... That's the clear message here is that so John we, we don't believe he's on, in him. He's on an island. He, he's like on Seems John, like John Henry Island, and everybody yeah. else wants to spend or at well, least be reasonably in the game. And Well, it really so. kind of – I, I would have thought, like, you, you know, I understand the whole we need to build and have, like, some young players, and then we're going to go out and spend. But this should be year one. Like, it, it hasn't been since Lester and Buckholz as you put two homegrown talents in a rotation in, in Bayo and Crawford. It's been a while, and you also got Hauk and Whitlock and Winkowski, and 
You got the young kid Casas. You know, maybe Grissom's now is your second baseman of the future. Yoshida's here for a while. Story's got four more, but Ever's got whatever. Your catching situation is fine. Like, this should be year one of supplementing this core. This is your core. And they, and they didn't do it. Well, they haven't done it yet. You know, I know some guys are still out there. Montgomery's still out there. But that, I don't know how else to take the message when we continue to talk about the young team, young kids coming up, when we continue to talk about the future and building this thing sustainable, and there will come a day when we spend again, and you might as well just say when we think we can win, which is basically telling the group right down there that they don't really think they can win. You've been high on Montgomery for a bit. Yeah. It, from the beginning, I would say. What about him excites you so much? It seems like talks have maybe cooled a little bit. I don't know if a Zoom is just kind of uh, standard, but do you think that there is that chance that they're going to bring him? Well, those the Zoom reports, it was funny because Cora confirmed that it happened, but it happened like right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like so, I mean, this wasn't ago. something new. Like, hey, they did a Zoom. It wasn't yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I'm big on it because of the fit here. Like, you know, like he's by no means is he like Randy Johnson, you know, Garrett Cole. But like a team like the Orioles were looking for an ace. They went out and got Corbin Burns. What you're looking for is 180 quality innings. Because last year it was like you just didn't get innings from your starting pitching. This is a guy that in the last four years in his career has gone 180, 85-plus innings. Oh, Sean said, said it was only 178 two seasons ago. Well, okay. Yeah, 32 <laughs> starts, you know, sub-four ERA. And, oh, by the way, dominant in the postseason. That that's That's a guy you should be going after. Because to be honest with you, it's like we're going to wait till next year. Well, next year all you have is Bayo in your rotation and maybe Crawford. Pavetta's a free agent. Giolito, if he throws good, will be out of here. He'll be here next year if he sucks, you know, and it just <laughs> takes his option. Yeah. So you don't have a plan moving forward. You don't have a double-A, triple-A starter that's waiting to just jump into rotation and be a good big leaguer. Mm-hmm. But so do you think plan it- for the future and get Montgomery now, and so you can kind of keep building this but thing. But do you think that, like, because we were talking about Montgomery early, and I just was doing the digging, and he's looking at he wants, like, seven years, $175 million, yeah. something along that. Do you feel like that maybe that not just the Red Sox, but baseball in general is like, well, we're not paying that much money. We're not giving yeah. a guy. The same with with, uh, with Blake Snell. Yeah. Wants, do you feel like baseball has shifted in the sense, unless you're a unicorn like Shohei or Yamamoto, everybody's salary is kind of taking a dip. I felt that way when I saw Jose Altuve sign his day. I was like, wow, I thought he would get more than that. Yeah, yeah and, and- – and that's the thing, too. It's not just the Red Sox, obviously. It's the whole industry saying you're not worth that, right? The guy won the Cy Young Award, Snell, in the National League, and he can't get a deal. You know, um, but when I hear, like, it's not just us, it's everybody, it's like, yeah, but everybody doesn't need him. You know what I mean? When you go around the league, I can go through the, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays don't need him. The Orioles don't need him. The Yankees, they could use him, which is why they're kind of still talking with guys like Snell and maybe even Montgomery. So Tampa Bay won't do it. Like, there's... Like half the league, three two uh, two thirds of the league, aren't in on any of these guys. They don't need them. Maybe even more. You are a team that needs them. Like nationally, outside of Boston, people like Bellinger to the Cubs and Montgomery to the Red Sox. It's like too perfect of a fit. It was, and it's just it's not it's not happening. But you're right. The league is sort of like, no, we're not we're not going here because NL Cy Young should get his paid when he hits free agency. Alex Cora said something interesting this morning, uh, kind of bemoaning the fact that he feels like veterans, legit veterans, are beginning to not have a place in mm-hmm. this in this game anymore. You feel the same way? Like, think back to the guys when you were coming up that had been in the league for a long period of time that were on this baseball team, and yeah. 
you agree with Alex Cora that 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 kind of you know you're going to play five or six years and that's going to be it in this game? Yeah, I, I don't know five or six because I think you know seven or eight years from now all these young kids are going to be 27, 28 and have already got eight years in the league. You know what I, I just think is there's so much talent coming up. Like there's a lot of these talented kids they get drafted. The minor leagues are kind of so watered down to be honest with you. That there's no longer one year in A ball, one year in Double A, one year you know, two years in A ball, one year in A Double A, one year in Triple A. They, they, they. Well, rock, I, I heard you A ball into like Triple A. Then the next year they're in the big leagues. I heard you say I think during the game the other night or whatever that these guys, these kids are throwing 97 miles an hour mm-hmm. when they're when they're playing club or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah, like, no, yeah. it's the, so the young kids are are, are talented. They're ripping through the minor leagues. They're getting to the big leagues younger. And teams are sitting there looking at it like the kid. This kid today, Roman Anthony, starting today again. He's 19 years old. He's in Double A, and he could be on the radar by the end of the summer after he just barely turns 20. And you telling me that that's what the Red Sox are like? Okay, you know what that means? That means controllable salary for years <laughs> yeah. at 21 yeah. years old, 750 thousand league minimum. You know, I want that. You, you know, and it's sort of. Like there's a lot of good players, and the the bench guys are just you know low money guys, good players. So it's all going to come back though, you know, because eight years from now, all these 21 year olds are going to be 29. They're going to want they're going to want to get their back. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, no, Luke. I just it's been interesting to me since Springfield when Ken and I went out there mm-hmm. and through this trip, where it's everybody's doing everything they can to not accept the reality that the way this organization does business has changed. Yes. Everybody's tried to repurpose the messaging or say, we need to do a better job of X or Y, but it's always followed by a message of what the ownership group has done, not what they're doing. Yeah. The, it feels like to me, you're more connected to it every day. The, the Red Sox fan and the people running the baseball team have never been more at odds since this group has taken over. How do they find their way out of this? Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a lot of like, look at our resume, right? You know, there's some of that down down in Gillette too. <laughs> Both very similar, right? Like, look what we've done for you. Exactly. And, and there's no question it has changed, though. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know why they fight it because the reality is when the Boston Red Sox was a very reactionary, right? If they came in last place, they went and spent. Yep, that's what that's what the Yankees do. They went out, you know, they went out and brought in Juan Soto. That's what these that's what big market teams do. And you spend while you wait for the young kids. Exactly. You don't not spend while you wait for the young kids. That's what Kansas City does. So it has changed. And I and I think a lot of it has to do with turnover of like a fan base. You know, when you think about the common fan now, like say he was Six seven years old, his first experience is watching his dad and grandfather cry in '04 when they when they won the World Series. Well, you know, so that kid's like late twenties now. You know, another kid that's like forty five was in college partying in '04, right. and they had the Patriots and they had the Red Sox and they had the Celtics and then the Bruins run. And I feel like this is that age fan base's first opportunity to truly show their hatred and their Boston roots <laughs> and their anger, and they are enjoying every single minute of yeah. Like they've never really, honestly despised the team they root for, or been so disappointed to and they root for ever in their entire lives. Like you know, like me early on, like when I was a youngin, like there was a, there was a lot of that. I'm like, these yeah. guys suck. They don't have that anger. <laughs> no, they don't though. have it. They don't have that anger. They don't. Well, they, they, don't. they like to go to Fenway every yeah. once in a while, and and the. But there's. The, but I'm they, saying like like the the diehard fan at like 40 years old, it doesn't understand what is going on because he's got a team that he roots for, and they're not trying, and this has never happened before in their life. 
Yeah. Because it's always been yeah. successful. Always. Always. Uh, are you, how long, you, you want to hang around, or what do you got? Sure. You have to get ready for the game, you got to go over I only there. got like three, four hours to look over this crappy lineup that the Tigers are bringing up with them here to Fort Myers. <laughs> All right. And to see who we're rolling out. Well, Lou Maloney is with us. He has the game today on the Odyssey app and on the radio. And here is Courtney with what is trending this hour. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Subaru of New England. The Sox fell to the Nationals yesterday 4-3. Josh Winkowski got the start. He went two innings. He didn't give up a single run. Another one for the Sox today. They have the Tigers right here at JetBlue Park at 105. Will Fleming and Lou will be on the call on the Shaws and Star Market WEEI Red Sox Network. You can listen to them on EEI 850 or, as always, on the Odyssey app. The Bruins have Bruce Cassidy and the Golden Knights in town. Puck drop is at 7. The Subaru of New England Washington's birthday sales event lasts all month long. Feel the freedom of a 2024 Subaru with symmetrical all-wheel drive. That's SubaruofNewEngland.com. That's what's trending. Here's Curtis with your weather. All right. We've already hit 70 here, Greg. 71 in Fort Myers. Cloudy skies. Afternoon high of 83. You can see us tonight at Orin Iron. Yes. In Naples. In Naples, 5 to 7. You going to come by, Lou? Oh, Lou's flying out of here. Well, Why don't you stay the night? If you're flying after this park's namesake, you'll probably be delayed so you can come <laughs> for a bit. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's 28 and windy back home. You learn a lot about people when you tra- when you travel with them and they're yeah. for and they're for them streets. Oh yeah, what? Uh, yes, you do. Somebody gets a little horny when they leave Massachusetts. What, what are you talking? What? You every get me into trouble. Wow. Why are you telling every single man? Yes, Nick Pavetta and others how handsome. I they are. read wow. what the Twitchers were saying okay. about Nick Pavetta and what my group message was saying. Jemai Webster. Very handsome individual, and my whole family oh. loves him, including oh. Santo. Santo oh. would say that too. Wow. You didn't say that about Lou. Wow. Oh, you didn't say how handsome. Very handsome. Wow. Well, you didn't say Lou. Hey. You never. You never say it about me. You never I say it about Curtis. I tell you guys all the time how great you look. Hall Doug, passes. Today I said, Doug, great color on you. Uh-huh. I give you guys compliments <laughs> up the wazoo. Okay. I wonder if Santo like a... does the same thing. You think he, he does? Like, oh man. She's sexy. No, you know, that is, no, I don't talk about Ooh. the men like that. Santo uh, will say, a... "Oh, you look lovely today. Oh, you look beautiful." Handsome's like uh, a guy saying, "Beautiful." She... No, I think it's more like, "All right." No, we can so... both say sexy. All right, so beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so who? She's beautiful. Yeah, that's fine. But see, that, that, to me, that's such like, like. So the women always say, "You look great in that color." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guys are just like, you look good in that dress. Like, I don't give a rat's ass what color it is. That's a nice dress. You know what I mean? Like, you look good right. in that color. You know, I'm like, I don't know what color I look good in, but, you know. It's like they're struggling to find something good right. to say about no. you. You know That's what I mean? Because you're ugly. It's so no. true. It, it, that color looks good with your eyes. No. Okay. That, that, is, that, that color obscures your yes. gut. No. Yeah. Doug is yeah. wearing a bright pink right now, yeah. Yeah. and it brings out his eyes. It truly, it's part of his color palette. Yeah. That's you're a you're cool ugly. summer. Color palette. Uh, yes. That's okay. when you live in a crappy uh, neighborhood and they go, you know what? I'll tell you what. They got a nice Walmart around here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Greg, you know, you know what that color looks good on you? Is? It's a guy's way of saying a chick has a nice personality. Yeah, yes. it is yes. not. Yes. No, yes. Doug. Exactly yes, right. Doug, you are very handsome. That, Don't yes. let them say that. That means All right. you're butt ugly, but hey. Well, right. Nope. Listen, try to. we only have a day and a half left, so try to keep it in your pants. Uh. <laughs> 
Coming from you, that's rich. Oh. I'm single. Thank you very much. You and I'm not out uh, for them streets. Uh, well, you, you appear to be. Nope. You, like it. you appear to be very attracted to many men around here. I like to tell someone if they're handsome. Okay. <laughs> Does Santo like when you yeah. tell them that they're Santo handsome? would tell Jemai he's handsome, too. Okay. Jemai is a handsome fellow. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. He's a handsome you have to be to be on TV. Yeah, right. Radio's different. <laughs> Radio's different. Jeez, no more compliments for any yeah. of you guys. He's like, Schmucks. He's like, well. Santo, don't listen to the 9 o'clock hour. No, I hope Santo's listening. We haven't seen Hot Cocoa in a while. I like seeing uh, Cocoa get yeah. riled up. <laughs> well, Lou Merloni is with us, yeah. and uh, it's great to see you and great to have you here. And I, you talked a little bit earlier about prospects and about what have you, like, let's try to go glass half full here. Yeah. Who have you seen that's been really impressive so far in spring training? <laughs> well, well he'll, he'll play again today. Anthony, I think, is a kid 19 years old doing things that you really shouldn't be doing at 19. You should probably be freshman in college. Alex Cora brought him up earlier. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was funny because everybody kept asking if he was going to come up for games. And Kyle Hudson, third base coach, the outfield instructor. And he was just like, yeah, Kyle's been trying to make sure we get him up for games, get him up for games. He's like, but it's a hard no. He's down in minor league camp. They want him to work on doing things. And this will now be his second of like three home games that he's actually starting at center field. So yeah. obviously something changed there. But that thing, they got a lot of young kids. Like on the road when we go out there, it's always like, will you abrey you, Rafaela, say down Rafaela, and seeing some of those guys go. But the other guys that are in camp, there's no, like, you know, Meyer, Teal, Anthony. They're not in camp, even though Roman Anthony is playing today. So you haven't really seen much of them. Um, but there's a lot of intriguing arms. Like, the strength of them really is kind of these right-handed arms. why they traded John Schreiber. Right-handed arms that are in this bullpen that have thrown that have been pretty impressive. The pitching's been really good so far. I mean, they came in like a week and a half, ten days, I would say, ahead of schedule. Like, day one, two innings, live BP. And it's like, that doesn't happen. It's usually live BP, your first outing's one inning, get them out. You know, now they're going two, and soon they'll be going three. I think Pavetta's going to go three innings his first outing here on Saturday. You know, and he's he's nuts. Are they so, doing it that way because they don't plan on pitching in October, so they just sort of move well, it? <laughs> well, they're, no, they're doing it that way because they haven't been pitching in October, <laughs> right. and their arms are extremely rested. Right, uh, uh, Lou, it's how how does it work? Because like when you look at spring training. And you, you start to say all these young players, and you start to talk about all of them. How many of them realistically, you know, have a chance to compete, make a difference for the team? Because when you think of like football, and you're like you're talking preseason, you're like, oh, here's a kid who's a young player. Your expectations are he's going to play, but yeah. there's like a couple names that you're like, well, these young talented players, but then they go down to AAA. Like, how many of them yeah. have a legitimate chance of? We can actually yeah. see them playing. You got like, there's like, there's, as they say, like three buckets, right? You got like Martin and Jansen veterans that are like, dude, give me four or five innings, I'll be ready for Seattle. Like, I'll be just devers. I know what I got to do. I want to be ready for Seattle. Then you got some other kids like Rafaela that are trying to show that maybe he can make this this ball club. There's a little battle, like veteran guys, in the backup catcher. Position wise, it's not really that much. There is some in the bullpen. So you got guys that are just getting ready for the season, guys that are trying to make the team. There aren't many right. like, as far as position players. But then you get the other kids, the young kids. That one, like, you know, May hits or something, and Cora seeing York is hitting 306. Oh, yeah, you know what? I saw him in camp. I actually liked him. Like, they're trying to put a name to a face. So later on in the year, if they're having a good year down in the minor leagues, the manager remembers what he saw here in camp, liked what he saw, how he went about his business, the at-bats, defense, you name it and just sort of help them down the road in the future, right? Okay. So there's a lot of those kids, people that are here, like AAA depth guys that are trying to open up some eyes. But 
for the most part, it's it's really can Rafaela play center, and then what do you do? And who's the backup catcher? When you talk about these young guys, how does a guy like Craig Breslow balance bringing these guys up but also getting talent from elsewhere? Because all I hear is I don't want to jeopardize the future. I don't want to give seven years for $100 million, whatever it is, because I don't want to jeopardize playing that guy in seven years, paying that guy in seven years. How do you how do you balance that while also not risking the here and now? Because I think that's why a lot of fans are frustrated. They want to see winning now. They're not worried about you know seven years down the road. Yeah, and that's... That's where the frustration comes in. So you make a trade for sale, you bring in Grissom, and you hope that he's your second baseman for the next six years. So that's fine. Okay, you, you, you open the spot. You don't need to trade for a second baseman because you hopefully relying on this guy to do it. But when it comes to your rotation, like you say, I don't want a guy there for, for paying for the next five or six years, and or I don't want to go and spend big money on a left-handed hitting outfielder because Roman Anthony's going to beat that guy next year. So I don't need to do that. But when it comes to the rotation, you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have it down there. Like, all of their, like, pitching prospects, and, I, you know, I, I looked at all these guys' reports on all these guys that are here in camp. The ceiling on all of them are, like, multi-inning relievers or back-end starters, possibly. they got, like, three starters in their minor league system, like, legit could stay as starters. So you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like you need five of them. You know, you, need, you can't have three and a half like you had last year. You're going to run into problems that you had. So because you need five of them, okay, go get me Bayo. Go get me Montgomery. And then maybe it's Crawford. And I could piece the other ones together. Maybe there's an extension for Pavetta, and he's part of the future. Who knows? But it's like at the rotation, there's no reason not to go get anybody because it's not like you're going to be blocking anybody that's coming up here in the next year or two. You think Alex Gore is here next year? No. 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 I don't. I don't, I don't think. His you, choice? I think mutual. I mean, he doesn't have a contract. Is he you know? managing somewhere? So, yeah, he is. He is. So you, probably going to be out in L.A. To be the, honest, with you, when they lose say, the World Series, yeah. <laughs> manage the Dodgers. Yeah. So they would have a deal done if both sides wanted. Well, to have yeah, it. and if all of a sudden they sit down and like, you know it's halfway through and things are going well, he might sit there and say, "Well, Craig Council got five and forty. Like, how well? How much do you like me? You know what I mean?" And but and, then they lose everybody. If you're not even going to pay a manager that's making this team win, yeah. then at what point will you start paying? Like that's where I'm like. I don't think they're selling. It doesn't make sense. No, I don't believe I don't it for well, a Sam second. Sam Kennedy told you on this show yesterday they are not. Right. No, he told us this is also a not-profit industry. So, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Um, but I don't believe they're selling. But I just – this is not a sustainable model. But I don't know where they break it. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. If we're saying they can't afford to keep Cora to get what the well, top – no, and to be honest with you, and – I know he's very – and this is no inside information because, you know, people always think I'm, I'm talking to him every single day. But he's very appreciative of the fact they brought him back, right? He went through a lot with the Astros thing, yep. you know, and I think for a long time he's very appreciative of it and tried to, like, you know, just be – thank you very much for bringing me back, giving me this opportunity, my family and everything else, doing what I want to do. But the last couple of years have to have worn on him at the trade deadlines, which is the reason why Bloom's not here, right? Like just in the inactivity one way or the other – Trade this guy away. Bring this. I need help. I need this. I need that. And then you you put that with the off seasons as well and the spending. And it's sort of like, what is the direction of this team? He's already said, I don't want to manage forever. So if I want to manage another four, five, eight years, is it do I want to be with a team wondering when they're going to decide they want to spend and go for it again? He doesn't want to keep rebuilding or have this little train that could. He he wants a juggernaut. He wants to see Otani and Yamamoto and Glasnow and Miller on the mound. He wants to put Mookie at second. You know, he wants a championship team. And I, this is just my opinion. If the Dodgers don't win it, I played there. Speak Spanish. Yeah. Like, it's just too perfect of a fit. Yeah. But here's the thing. You bring up a great point. Look at what the Red Sox record has been 
in the first halves of these last seasons, they finished in last. They're in it. That is a great... So when people say, what has Core ever won without all the other stuff, right? Well, those teams were 10 games over, 8 games over, as they entered the deadline, the trading deadline. And then they fell off the, you know, they yeah. fell off the table in the second half. But those first halves have to have been a period where Core is sitting there either saying this or, or just saying it to himself, where it's like, look at all we did to get this group with this rotation to three games out of the wild card or two games out of the wild card. And they do nothing. But yeah. you said you said that's the reason Heim Bloom is not here. Trade deadlines. And is hey, Craig Breslow going to be different? We'll see. We'll see. Because it really, it's the inactivity. So Heim, yeah. was, was Heim like paralyzed in the fetal position and just couldn't do a deal? It was really bad in 2022 when you know you, you, they traded Vasquez and there was some reaction and he stopped. And they went over the luxury tax. Because of it, and it was that was probably the first really nail. Like there are six teams that went over the luxury tax. Five of them are in the playoffs. Two of them are in the World Series, and we finished in last. How the hell? I don't care if it's a five dollar tax fee. Why am I paying five bucks? For, so, oh, by, that, no. By the way, if we do want to invest in the offseason, because we went over, now we're going to lose a second round pick. We're going to lose international signing money because we're a team that went over. We never should have went over. Should have kept going. JD gone. You know all these other guys gone, gone, gone. Last year. Like, you know, and I know we, it was debated back and forth. It's like Paxton's a tough sell. Everybody in baseball knew that James Paxton was going to die down the stretch. Not figuratively, but, yeah. I mean, you know, his arm was going to go. Like, you could have had – it would have been awful to do, but still, you look now, you know, Cabrera, this kid down in Miami for Justin Turner. Your rotation would have been a lot better here now. Verdugo thought – they thought he was going to be going out to San Diego. I mean, uh, Houston. Like, you know what I mean? There were, there were deals that would be done – and I felt like it was, we can't do them because I'm afraid of the reaction. Like, the, like the non-commitment of actually selling pieces off because you're in last place. Yeah, even though you're in it, or I, yeah. or go out and get at least an arm to give this team a chance. Luis Arias isn't going to get it done. No, but that's the thing, though. So Sam wants to say that this is all part of a plan, but he can't stomach the image, the 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 way in which a trade at the deadline would be. Perceived. Re- perceived and received because they're quote unquote in it. But if you're not going to invest, that was that we talked about that this year. It was the same exact thing that they said was this awful failure they had the year before. They yeah. haven't shifted because they're afraid to let people know that's I what would, they're doing. I would agree. I would say this: like it's it's the fans. If you ask the fan, like, what's the Red Sox doing? The answer is, I have no idea. Give them an idea. Right. The answer, you know, the answer that the fan has now is they're cheap. Right. I would rather that you. I said this to Sam. I've said it a billion times. Sit down. People aren't dumb, and they actually like they they have some affection for the ball club. Sit down. Tell them what your strategy is, what you're doing, and maybe they buy in. Well, it's like you know, never should have a four year. You know, we're on year year four of the rebuild. Every you know, and and we still don't know what's going on. That's the problem because. The Patriots are on a year four rebuild, right? Back but we know what. But don't we? Well, don't we? But we know what they're doing. Don't we kind of know? We know. Cora sat here and said it. He and I don't know if it's an edict from up top, but he brought up Arizona. That was one of the teams that I brought up with a low payroll. That that can we win with the talent we have? And then the other things that they told us last year that they didn't do anything at the deadline was they had all these guys coming back off of injury. Yeah, and so you had those were your. transactions for the trade deadline. So I think like people 
It confuses me because they've always spent a lot of money and they didn't la- they didn't in these past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I think they kind of tell us without telling us when they say. No, I want get- them to tell us. Well, we're getting Chris Hill <laughs> I, I, back. I, 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 there's no debate. I, 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 I get that but, you're reading into it and you're going right, to. You're gonna, I don't want you explaining it to me. I want them explaining right, it. Right. So we're getting. And they say we're getting Chris Hill back. So that's our. Trade deadline acquisition. Right, but, but that's the thing yeah. is that they don't believe it. And the issue, uh, Lou, is that from my perspective, their way of relating to the fan base shows how far the chasm is between the two parties. Because if you go back to the Bogarts conversation, right, after Trevor Story signed, we all thought the writing was on the wall, right? If the Red Sox had said, we love Xander Bogarts, we are so grateful for his leadership, he exemplifies everything that is good about this organization but we don't believe he is the future shortstop. We have this money, and we're allocating it to Rafael Devers. I think the fan base agrees. Devers is a better long-term investment, obviously younger. You know, he doesn't have the same emotional relationship. But the way in which Sam would go on with Greg and us in the morning and say, I don't envision a scenario by which the Red Sox exist without Xander Bogart. I, I still feel like they dropped the ball with the John Henry stuff, and I know he's uncomfortable talking publicly. And a lot of it has to do with because he gets himself in trouble because he tells the truth. But that's something John would say. Like, John would say that. Yeah. That, like, you know, we brought in Trevor Story and, you know, there's other areas we need to improve on. He's a very good player. Xander may be moved off a shortstop in the future. We'll see where that market goes. We have some insurance in case we lose Xander as much as we love him. We would move on. And then people would get upset for John for saying it. But it's the truth. Like I actually feel like he, he they don't want him on talking to the media because he tells the truth too much. Right. <laughs> I actually think it's exactly what's needed. Yeah. Like when he came out years ago and said, no, we have to get under the CBT. We've gone over two years in a row. Everybody went nuts in the front office trying to defuse that yeah. and be like, no, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. And he's like, no, I did mean it. <laughs> so just let no, me know. It's just I can take it. Let me know. I can, yeah. I'm actually interested in it. I, like I it. can take it and tell me what it is. Yes, yeah, I, I would like to see more of it. I know they think that's a bad thing. I think it's yeah. a good thing. He's actually, I guess, he's here today. I think he might be. So we'll have like some grainy Bigfoot type uh, footage of him making his way around the ballpark. <laughs> Maybe right. he'll come on with us. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I would <laughs> say, <laughs> want to tell John, you know, free light apps at Orin Iron. Yeah, well, yeah, have him come by. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lou. I, wa- okay, I had a everybody. question for Lou when it comes yes. to Alex Cora. If he does walk, yeah. do you think Jason Veritek could be a good fill in there? Because I know the Giants were interested in him as a manager. Well, they uh, didn't they tell him he wasn't management material uh, yeah. <laughs> a few yeah. years ago? Yeah. Well, Excuse me. I, am I, speaking, I, think I think I'm speaking out of school think, here. Um, <laughs> Yo, I'm, you're going John Henry now. <laughs> relevant, relevant. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he'll be like in the mix of it. I think he'd be interested in it. I think you think he'd, he'd be good? He'd want it. Yeah, I think he could be a good manager at this point. I think he's well-respected. That'd be great. The question is, great for and I know he's into it, too, the pitching <laughs> side of it, yes. like the analytics. I know he's part of that. But what GMs are looking for for managers these days, Like I don't know what that is. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I had a better grasp of it like 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Now I know it's a community. You know, you need to be a good communicator. That's a key of anything, especially in this game. But I, I just don't know what a good resume for being a manager is. It's a strong focus on work-life balance. Yeah, <laughs> collaborate. Which is why I always felt like you'd be a great one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nailed it. It's awesome to see you. I can't believe you're not staying this weekend. No, I'm out.
That's a promo. I got I, home. I've been there for like ten days. I enjoy Partners Weekend. You and I have oh, a few yeah. have a few drinks every year. Yeah, I, I know. We're not, we're not. You're going home. So I'm missing the whole back to back weekends too. Yeah. Partner thing. Oh, you take the private jet down for both. No, yeah. no, no. I, I flew commercial. It was a great experience. I loved it. <laughs> they they <laughs> call it David Field Air. I like, so it really it was yeah. great. I I've, I never got a full appreciation for the tarmac sitting there for 45 <laughs> minutes like I did on this trip. It's great. All right, uh, we'll be listening today. So one, one o'clock start here? Yeah, 105. Me and Will Fleming. Okay, Will Fleming, Lou Merloni on the Odyssey app. Baseball is back. There's nothing that says spring more than baseball being back. And we will wrap things up from JetBlue Park, day number two next. Speaking of Boston, you know these fans. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what they want. Mm-hmm. And they're very vocal about it. And I think they've been, you know, as some of them are saying, all right, we've been waiting for some sort of a splash. There wasn't a splash. What do you say to those guys? Because you've been around this team. You, you've, you've seen the young guys so far. Like, what what, what do you say to those yeah, fans? Yeah, from my perspective, I think we're very capable of putting together a winning baseball team. I think there's a lot of really great talent. I think we have a, a really good set of, of veteran leadership that guys have experience. Um you know, I think we're going to go out there and show what we have, and we're going to have to win baseball baseball games and, and put together the season that we want to put put together. And we need to prove it to them. But at the end of the day, at the end of the year, when we're hopefully holding up a World Series trophy, we did this all by ourselves as a group with everybody saying that we can. And I think that's a cool moment as well. I think you know, you see, you know teams that you know oh they're supposed to win the world series they're supposed to play this way they're supposed to be it's just as fun coming from a place of oh these guys aren't going to be that team they have no chance and then see where we're at the end chills curtis how can you not how can you not get excited about Nick Pavetta? That's the attitude around here. Why not us? I love it. Why not us? Why not us? Uh, that, I will always have... <laughs> you're such a cynic. What are you yeah. talking about? What, what a great <laughs> chant at Fenway. Why not us? Por que Why? no. <laughs> Why not us? I remember the uh, the Faith Rewarded 2004 Nestle right? documentary on right. the 04 and Kurt Schilling, remember him, uh, gets at the front of the uh, Delta flight, and he's like, I just keep going back to this. Why not us? He's like, Pedro's there with Nelson. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Nelson. Uh, rest but, in peace. Uh, I, I, I really, it is amazing. I think we have made progress. I have loved these two days. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't expect it to be this well. well I was going to ask. You went into this expecting that this is going to be a dismal season for this baseball team. And uh, has anything changed when it comes to your expectation? Well, personally, this trip got off on a bad foot because I was ripped mercilessly from my driving. But yeah. then, since then, the interviews have been great. <laughs> okay. and, the driving has not improved. Uh, okay. Well, you know, you, you can the weather's home. nice, though. <laughs> yeah. And the you vehicle is walk, lovely. Yeah. You can walk home. Right. I've, been, I, I've just been holding on. That's all. It's the acceleration. I said yeah. yesterday that you don't you don't know this car well. It's I okay. don't. It's okay. You know, I, I don't know your guys' uh, driving habits, but um, it's a one nice minute, vehicle. Uh, it's, it's like Miss Daisy. One minute you're going five miles an hour, the next you're going 90. Right. Uh, Miss Daisy. Uh, break speed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We, Greg's, Greg's references are going to hit 1970 by the time we hit Friday. And but, I'm the one that has to walk home. Every time Wiggy okay. gets out of the car, he goes, good to have my feet on the ground yes. again. Yes. <laughs> I never see it. Well, hey, he pulled off the three-point turn in, in about five feet of room yesterday. Right. Oh, my God. You should have seen the face of the guy with the bat. <laughs> he was not happy. We're, we're pulling into Capitol Grill. It is, there is nowhere to park. 
anywhere, and I see the spot that's open out of the corner of my eye, and I like pull in a no U-turn back into it, and this guy's like, uh, sir, sir, this is a no parking zone. I'm like, you guys, just get out of the car. I'll figure it out. It's because he passed four signs that said, do not enter. I knew they said that, but I thought I would land the spot. Anyway, yeah. uh, no, but I would say very, very succinctly, Red Sox fans are okay if there's a plan. They would just like it explained to them. Whether yeah. it's Lou Merloni, Greg Hill, myself, the fans out there, it is incredibly frustrating, and you see it and hear it from the people that work on this team, that they are sitting here on the verge of a new season with the same problems that weren't rectified during the offseason. Well, Alex Cora was excellent this morning. If you missed that, or you missed Nick Pavetta, or you missed anything that happened on the show today, or at any point for that matter, you can go back and listen to it on the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. And listen at your convenience. And it is, uh, it's coming alive here at JetBlue Park. Red Sox first pitch 105 on, right. the, on the Odyssey app on uh, 8.50 a.m. Ralphie looks and, good. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, it's. Uh, it it looks like these guys are. Uh, they're going. They're going to go all the way. I can tell just by looking. Um, <laughs> uh, we got to mention tonight. We will be at Ore and Iron here in uh, Naples. Yep. Yep. And your Uber arrives at I think four. Uh, that's fine. Uh, however, we get there is fine. Uh, and we'd love to see you. So if you happen to be down here, you're a snowbird or what have. Uh, we'd love to offer you some light app- appetizers and some uh, great conversation. And uh, Courtney can share with you the uh, 75-item checklist that one <laughs> right. must use when checking safely into a hotel. Yeah, so, she, and she could point uh, out the 25 handsome men that she I sees. I think your parents are coming down. My parents are coming, yep. They will be there tonight. Okay. I think they're going to come by the show tomorrow. Okay. Oh, excellent. Okay. Newlywed game. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, good luck yes. getting called to do that. Uh, they're going to take us by that lake? Nope. They don't go to that lake. And what are we going to do for? Are we going to do the swamp activity today? Or Curtis was offering another alternative. I mean, I'm going to Sanibel. You guys yes. are welcome. I, I would. I've never been to Sanibel, and I would like to go. Yeah. And I think that you are the safest and most reliable so, driver I've ever. So been we're gonna, So well, Nix, <laughs> you want to nix the swamp tour in favor of Sanibel Island? I want to take a dip in the ocean. Okay. okay. I mean, you got to love the Gulf. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think I'm I'm fine with that. Oh, you guys enjoy that. Why you're not? Right. No, no, I can't. Two reasons: my aunt and uncle are coming, oh. so I'll see them. And then I realized Curtis told me this. I didn't realize it when he said the beach. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And I'm in Florida, so I thought that'd be like 20 minutes away. So if my aunt and uncle were coming, I'm like, it's an hour ride to the beach. Yeah, yeah. two hours round trip. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm good with the beach. Well, I mean, I you know. I, yeah. That happens. I mean, it's yeah. Not, no, but yeah, I listen. I think I everywhere Cur- it's a I big state. I love Curtis to death. It, it, I love Curtis to death. But after thirty minutes, I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting white knuckled. Jeez, it's funny. <laughs> really can't stand riding with the man. Oh, uh, he's he's a listen. He's a great guy. Horrible Unbe- driver. Unbelievable dad. I think the vehicle is just too big for him. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I'm not used to operating big things. I'll tell you that. Uh, just, and my wife yeah. will tell you, I, it's it's me because I don't like driving with anybody. I usually you drive are in control. Time. That's why you don't like flying. You like to be in control. Yeah. Yes. So I don't like driving with anybody. So even if my aunt and uncle were coming, I'd be like, all right, I'm good. Like I'm looking for buttons to push. Like he can't figure out the windshield wipers. <laughs> <laughs> 
He throws a banger on every once in a while when, yeah. it, comes, when it comes to playlists. He, I combined Cruz <laughs> with Nelly. So I thought I would no, get no, everybody your, on board. Your music choices are good. He's oh, more yes. of a he's more of a co-pilot yeah. than he is the driver. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. the wind, windshield is all dirty. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. all right. Yeah, so I'm all right. Have to ask well, Sanibel, Sanibel Island, it is then. Enjoy it. Um, Love it. And we will see you at five at Or and Iron in Naples. I'll that's, be there. Uh, that's found. You'll be there, Wiggy. I will be at Or. Bringing and your aunt and uncle. Uh, no, no, they're just coming. They don't live too far from here, and they're just uh, okay. coming. Uh, All right. I haven't seen them in a while, so. All right. Nice. Well, and then we'll be back here tomorrow morning and at it again one more time at 6 a.m. Can't wait, and we'll have Craig Breslow tomorrow is confirmed in the, in the 9 o'clock hour. Ooh. All right. That day goes all your money questions, remember? Yeah. Kennedy goes, well, I can't answer them. Yeah. I'm not that guy. Yeah. That's Breslow. All right. We will go full throttle tomorrow with Craig Breslow on the show and uh, I'm sure others. So um, <laughs> Gresham Foyer are next. Great job by our engineer down here, Doug. Doug, as always, fantastic job. Shime, great job back in the studio. Jackson as well. And thank you for watching the show on Twitch and on YouTube. Thank you for listening. Whether you stream the show at weei.com or on the Odyssey app or just... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.